You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whooper of sorry sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing JJ Sexy. Guys, good evening and welcome to another Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network, the award-winning SNS Radio Network. And yes, we are still celebrating just five days removed from taking home five, count them, five wrestling radio awards, three for Wrestling News Live, including the coveted show of the year, obviously People's Choice, and that Huge interview with Kurt Angle, male interview of the year. And not only did Wrestling News Live get the award treatment, but no, guys, unplugged. Won two awards on its own. Best new show, as voted by you, Wrestling's fans, over at the WrestlingRadioAwards.com. And, of course, best female interview of the year with Shelly Martinez. I want to start the show off tonight, and I want to thank each and every one of you who voted, who listens to this show, and who's made this show an award-winning program on this network. Thank you, everyone, for all the dedication that you guys have put in over the last, well, not even a year. We're, you know, Unplugged actually started up a year this month. So I guess we are approaching that one-year anniversary. But again, thank you all for making this show and Wrestling News Live award winners at the 2011 Wrestling Radio Awards. I am very humbled, I'm very appreciative, and I thank you all. Now, let's move on with some business. Obviously, tonight we had an edition of SmackDown. It's a rundown. And uh, some interesting things popped up on SmackDown tonight. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in to the SmackDown rebound right here on Unplug.
So, of course, SmackDown tonight, we start things off with a superstar that, quite frankly, I was curious to find out this week. Rather than his debut at the Royal Rumble last Sunday, they decided to go ahead and put him as a announcer, Booker T, returning to the WWE, who got a huge pop last Sunday. Uh, apparently, he is going to be the SmackDown announcer, I guess taking the place of Matt Stryker, who apparently has been in the doghouse with the WWE for quite a while now. So we start things off with Booker T being announced as part of the announcing team. <clears throat> Very quickly into this, uh, Vicky Guerrero and Dolph Ziggler make their way down to the ring, uh, and basically Kelly Kelly comes down, and... What happens next is that Kelly Kelly is blamed for the fact that Dolph Ziggler is not walking around SmackDown, the new world heavyweight champion, because it led to the distraction when she attacked Vicky Guerrero, and it, it allowed Edge to hit the spear on Dolph Ziggler and, of course, get the win and retain his coveted world heavyweight championship at the Royal Rumble. Um, we get Lakel coming out to get in the face of Kelly Kelly, who actually slapped Dolph Ziggler and then pushed down Vicky Guerrero. So Lakel gets in her face, backs her in the corner, starts to threaten her, and then we see Edge run down to the ring, and everybody kind of uh, clears out as Edge rescues her. So as far as the opening segment, I thought it's really building to the story. Um, I'll get to, to Booker's progress on the SmackDown brand tonight, doing the announcing here in a bit. Let's see, next up we have a uh, quick little match. I believe Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel taking on the unified, or I guess the WWE, this is Sparta, tag team champions. Uh, pretty good little back and forth. Slater and Gabriel get the win. Gabriel hits the 450 splash on Kozlov. Uh, this wasn't a very long match. Of course, the titles were not on the line, which leads you to believe that once again, uh, Slater and Gabriel are going to end up getting a tag team title match out of this, preferably for the championship. I think this is, what, the second or third time they've beaten the tag team champions, and they are still walking around not the tag team champions. Um, next up, we have Drew McIntyre taking on Kofi Kingston. This is an elimination chamber qualifying match. Um, I thought Drew looked pretty good. I thought Kofi hit some really good offense tonight. And Kofi was on fire there for a little bit up until um, Alberto Del Rio came up on the screen, which caused a distraction and allowed Drew McIntyre to pick up the victory. So Drew McIntyre has basically advanced to the Elimination Chamber match that will happen at, of course, Elimination Chamber. Uh, next match of the night, we had Rey Mysterio taking on Jack Swagger. Um, this was a, a very, uh, this was a good match. Ray got a huge pop, obviously, being the face that he is. Um, and, of course, everybody hates the all-American, American Oklahoma, Jack Flagger. But this was a good match. Starting things off, Ray was in control. He goes for a 6-1-9, and Jack Swagger, from that point on, takes over the match and really brutalizes the legs of Ray Mysterio. At one point, he actually had him in the ropes, and was using the rope for leverage, you know, pulling down on the on the leg and really applying the pressure. I thought 
I really thought that Jack Swagger was going to advance in this. Uh, the finish came, of course. I think Swagger was trying to hook the ankle lock. Uh, Ray tried to turn it into a, uh, a leverage pin, for lack of a better term, and ends up kicking Jack Swagger in the face and getting the one, two, three. And, of course, Ray Mysterio has advanced to the Elimination Chamber. So if you're keeping score at home, we now have Drew McIntyre and Rey Mysterio advancing to the Elimination Chamber. Uh, next up, we have a, an interesting little skit with Alberto Del Rio and, of course, my favorite little troll, Hornswoggle. And they've got this pinata. They've got the WrestleMania pinata that uh, Rodriguez basically brings down Alberto Del Rio tells Hornswoggle that there's candy inside of it and gives him the stick so that he can beat the pinata after he's blindfolded, of course. And uh, what played out next was a scene out of America's Funniest Home Videos. You know, uh, on that show, you always got the obligatory nut shot where somebody would have a golf club and hit a golf ball and knock it into their father's balls, or they would throw the football and it would land in somebody's balls. Well... We actually got like a kendo stick to the balls, uh, courtesy of Hornswoggle, to Alberto Del Rio, who, not happy about getting blasted in the balls with the pinata stick. So what does he do? In true heel fashion, he's a badass heel, y'all. He literally just kicks the shit out of little Hornswoggle. Little blindfolded Hornswoggle. And proceeds to start beating the crap out of Hornswoggle. Uh, when, of course, Kofi Kingston runs down to make the save. Del Rio jumps back in the ring, jumps Kofi from behind, gets the best of Kofi. And so there you have it. So interesting little setup. They're really trying to push something here between Kofi Kingston and Alberto Del Rio. They've been working on this the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out between the two. Next up, we have another Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Uh, Chavo Guerrero entering the ring. And I should have known when Chavo came down that the chances of him entering the Elimination Chamber were not going to be good. Who was his opponent? Well, it's funny you should ask. The former World Heavyweight Champion, the big red machine Kane, comes down. And as soon as I saw the entrance, I'm like, oh, this isn't going to last long. So it really didn't. The match ended in, I think, I think under two minutes, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, let's not forget Kane is the guy who beat uh, Chavo at WrestleMania a couple of years ago in eight seconds for the ECW championship. So did anybody really think that this was going to go too long? Poor Chavo. You know, Uncle Eddie dies. At least he has a job. But, hey, we're going to push Rey Mysterio to the World Heavyweight Championship, and you're just going to be Kerwin White. You're just going to job out every week. But thanks for coming out, Chavo. Hey, he's got a part to play. He does it well. Sometimes I just really feel bad for Chavo. Uh, next up, we have uh, another Elimination Chamber qualifying match. The Big Show coming out. His opponent, of course, Wade Barrett. Wade is accompanied by all members of the core. Not a long match at all, as Big Show basically had Barrett where he wanted him until we had some interference from all members of the core. Um, Jackson hits a clothesline while the referee is not paying attention, uh, knocking the Big Show down. Barrett goes for the win. And uh, after Barrett gets the pinfall, once again, we see big Ezekiel Jackson body slam the Big Show. So it looks like the rivalry between the Big Show and Ezekiel Jackson is just getting started. So uh, 
the last two names, obviously, or two names that really advanced here in the tournament, Kane beating Chavo, and then Wade Barrett advancing to the Elimination Chamber as well. Next up, we have our big main event of the night, which was a very interesting setup, and I'm not happy with how this, this transpired. I'm not a fan of putting a title belt on the line in a mixed tag match, especially one that's a handicap match where you've got Edge and Kelly Kelly defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Dolph Ziggler and Laycool. Not a big fan of this type of a match. We've seen it in TNA. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Of course, all through the night we saw Kelly Kelly basically feeling like nobody thought she would win this match or help Edge out. And, of course, the finish comes when Kelly Kelly hits a big spear on, I do believe, I can't remember which member of Lakel, but she hits someone from Lakel, gets the pin, and Edge retains his World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, Vicky Guerrero not happy over what has happened here and basically tells Kelly Kelly that she's fired because she's in charge of SmackDown while Teddy Long is not there. And, of course, she leaves crying. And she tells Edge that next week he's going to be defending the title against Dolph and that she will be the special guest referee, alluding to possibly another title change on the SmackDown brand next week on SmackDown. Um, pros and cons for tonight's show. I'm not a big Kelly Kelly fan. I've said that before. She might be pretty to look at. I don't think she's good in the ring, although the spear was nice. I'm not a fan of her wooden acting skills. I don't like when she talks. I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to put her in an angle where she has to act and emote... Take her to school to get acting lessons because it does not work with Kelly Kelly. It was horrible. Now, as far as as the pro, uh, obviously the pros for this, uh, we saw yet again domination by Big Zeke Jackson giving the Big Show another body slam, another big victory for the core. And I'll have to quote Harmony on this. It looks like they literally did steal the logo for the channel here, the score, that actually airs WWE programming and just didn't put an S in front of it. It literally looks just like that. It's kind of scary how closely that looks. Um, Booker T on SmackDown, I'm digging it, but I really think he'd be better utilized as a SmackDown in-ring talent. Um, I will say that as someone who has been on that side of the microphone, calling matches and basically giving color commentary... It's not something that you're going to get the first time that you do it. And I think for the first time that we saw him do it tonight, I thought he did a, a, a very decent job. It seemed like he was playing, um, he was kind of taking a backseat, playing a little, a little politically. I kind of felt like he was even fodder for, um, for Michael Cole tonight because he was taking a lot of the brunt of Michael Cole's uh, ignorance. And, you know, there was a lot of back and forth between the two. And, I mean, with Jerry Lawler, that's something that's established. We know how that works. With Booker and Cole, it's a new dynamic that's going to take a little bit of time. So if you weren't a big fan of Booker behind the microphone tonight, give it a chance because I think he's going to do fine. Let's look at, uh, let's look at JBL when he first joined the, uh, the broadcast team on SmackDown. He was horrible. Uh, the same could be said for Taz. He was horrible as well. But I think Booker is going to transition well. Obviously, they're still going to utilize him in a wrestling role as well. 
But again, as someone who has done this and knows what it's like to be behind uh, the microphone calling matches and giving your input, I thought Booker did a good job for his initial first outing. We'll see how things work out for him, but I think this is a good change. I didn't miss Matt Stryker tonight, which is a good thing. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, if I had to give the show a grade tonight, uh, you know what? I'd give it a B. It wasn't a bad show. Not a fan of the main event, again, where Edge and Kelly Kelly are in this tag, mixed tag handicap match defending the World Heavyweight Championship. But, you know, it is what it is. Commentary did really good tonight, playing up the fact that, you know, they brought up Cody Rhodes several times tonight. I'm liking they're still pushing this because Cody Rhodes and Rey Mysterio are rumored to be having a match at WrestleMania. I mean, there's a possibility that with Cody's uh, storyline where he's been disfigured, he could maybe come back to the SmackDown brand wearing a mask, and maybe we'll see a mask versus mask kind of uh, setup for WrestleMania with Rey and Dashing Cody Rhodes. So, all in all, good job tonight. I give the show a B. And uh, that are my thoughts on SmackDown for tonight. But let's go ahead and go to the phone lines. Uh, I want to bring in headlocks to headlines.com, Chris Kelly. Chris, what's going on tonight, buddy? Oh, man, I hope Martin, you know, it was a great episode of SmackDown. I had Rosa Mendez. She looks fantastic. She, she had looked the best I've seen her in years. Um... Now this week, as we know, there's been rumors running wild about Sting and WWE. Well, CM Punk decided to uh, kind of mock this. Uh, as you know, on Raw, Husky House got punted out of the group. Um, and according to the figure for Weekly, this is because he was not getting over with the fans, and they weren't a fan. And the WWE were not a fan of how he was evolving into a wrestler. So they are looking to replace him. Or on Twitter, um, when asked if they Who's going to replace um, Huggy Harris? Um, CM Punk tweeted, uh, "Yes, I've got my eyes on this young, on this youngster. He's called Sting. We'll have to work, work on that name, though." He then tweeted, "Sting is, is mad at me uh, because the news had leaked leak onto the internet. Damn that, da- damn that, damn n- nerd Dave Meltzer." <laughs> now, for those of you who are wondering who the hell CM Punk was talking about when he said Summers. Um, obviously, he was taking a jab, saying that Sting, the rock star, former lead man of the police, would be ready to uh, to work the show. And, of course, for those of you not remembering, Andy Summers was in the band, and I think that's what CM Punk was alluding to. Kind of a funny inside joke for those who got it. Uh, for those that didn't, the, uh, the IWC people that are just, you know, crazed, thinking, oh, my God. You know, they, they probably thought that, yeah, he was actually talking to Sting. It's kind of funny when you think about it, but CM Punk is a very witty guy, so uh, got, you got to give him props for that. Uh, speaking of Twitter, Kevin Nash uh, went on Twitter the other day, and he basically said that his drunk promo, his uh, his drunk shoot um, promo with uh, with Sean Walkman will work, and that, that, and that the whole entire time that he respected Wade Barrett and... Him calling out Wade Barrett and saying that he could make his wife orgasm was just a work because he knew that he was going to return at the Rumble and they and, and he wanted to get fans to hate him more than they hate Wade Barrett. Yeah, now, I mean, you, I, I don't. I don't believe that. I think you're going to ask me. I, I don't believe that that was a work. Um, he had actually, for all reports, signed with TNA yeah. at that point. 
and probably figured that he wasn't going back to the E when he said that. He can say that all he'd like, that it was a work, and he did it, you know, to make money with Barrett. And that's fine and dandy. I mean, you know, Kevin Nash can say whatever he wants, and people can believe whatever they want. But he was signed to a contract with TNA. He was let out of his contract at the last minute and then showed up at the Rumble. It's a no-brainer. Now, according to sources, the reason that Hornswoggle was, um, had such a big big role within the Rumble is because they wanted to start pushing him once again as a main character on SmackDown. Because he has been quite a good of a much a, quite a good merchant draw, so that's why he had such a big role in the Rumble. Um, apparently, this was um, a, a direct direct order from Mister Man, and so you can expect Hunter to have a much bigger role within SmackDown because they because they currently want him to make mon- money from the kids. Um, now, here's a bit of a weird note. Apparently, the booking of all the members of the former Heart Dynasty, Natalia, Cousin, David Hart Smith has some reason behind it. Now, I'm not quite sure what it was, but apparently the way they were booked at, at the Rumble was kind of a message from creative. Do you, do you think it's a bad thing? Do you think that's a sign of things to come for the Hot Dynasty? Well, you know, I've I've been on the, uh, the bus the last little bit trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, obviously they didn't get the uh, exposure or the push that they needed from Brett the Hitman Hart last year. Um, Natalia just had, I thought, a, a pretty decent run with the Divas Championship. Hart uh, Dynasty had a decent run as the Unified Tag Team Champions. But, I mean, let's face it, when they split up David Hart Smith and Tyson Kidd, um, I was kind of shaking my head as to where this was going to go. Obviously, we saw the uh, short-lived program where Jackson Andrews came up from FCW to be the bodyguard of Tyson Kidd. And we saw a very short feud between both David Hart Smith and Tyson Kidd. And... Uh, you know, Trey and I have talked about on Wrestling News Live several times that uh, David Hart Smith probably would like to pursue other things like mi- mixed martial arts. So who knows? Uh, I mean, to say that these guys and gal might be future endeavored in the future, I, I think Natalia is going to be there for a little bit because she has a good hand in the ring. Um, yep. But David Hart Smith's future is uncertain. I think Tyson Kidd could be utilized as a, as a mid-card guy. I mean... You know, I, I don't think he's going anywhere, but uh, things are very unclear right now for David Hart Smith, honestly. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, apparently, there is cu- currently plans to hold a Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. Um, guys like Mysterio, Daniel Bryan, Big Joe, John Morton, and Dolph Ziggler all being talked about being in this match. Now, do we really need a third Money in the Bank winner if we also have the pay-per-view? Is that kind of an overkill there? It is. Um, I And I kind of hope that, you know, I like the fact you do it at WrestleMania, but, you know, if you're going to do that, then change Money in the Bank, the pay-per-view. I mean, don't do it. I don't think that you need, unless you're going to have a guy that's going to hold out for a year before he cashes that in. I don't think that you need two Money in the Bank matches in the middle of the summer. I, I really don't. But, you know, it unless, is what it is. And if they have the guy that wins Money in the Bank literally cash in, like before the pay-per-view, so you don't have three champions or sorry, case holders in play at the same time. Uh, apparently, Rey Mysterio hand-picked Cody Rhodes for his feud um, because right now Mysterio is pretty banged up and is limited to what he can do on TV at house shows he's working tag matches. Uh, so it looks like he is kind of like winding down, and this is why WWE has signed um, signed Mysterio uh, from Mexico. So, 
do you think Cody Rhodes and Mysterio would be a great a great WrestleMania match, or do you think it would be like a low, low, low down card match? Uh, you're talking Mysterio and, and Rhodes. Yes, I think it'd be like middle of the card, and and, and which is fine. I, I think that both guys will do well. I'm impressed with with Cody Rhodes. Obviously, Rey Mysterio knows how to deliver in a in a big match feel, especially at a at a show like WrestleMania. So I think these two guys would do fine. Last night at the F- at the FCW tapings, they crowned their 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 the eleventh FCW champion in world history. They crowned Bo Rotunda. Now his title reign was all of five minutes long, as he dropped the belt that night to former um, NXT talent uh, Lucky Cannon. So Lucky Cannon is now your FCW champion. So are you telling me that Lucky finally got lucky? He did because he, he because he he is still on dating the oh, what, what's the oh Fantine. She's the um she's the she's the SW GM. Not Francine so. Fournier from no ECW. No. Okay. Just when you said Francine, I wanted to yeah. make sure we're we're not talking about the Queen of no. Extreme. No, no not no. her. Okay. No, from from FCW. Um. Also down in FCW, Rosa Mendez dropped the Queen of the oh, sorry, Queen of FCW crown, which I'm not sure what that really is because down there they've got a Divas title and this uh, Queen of the Ring. So, but I'm not sure what you think. But have you seen any uh, seen her matches down from FCW? Because she's actually been improving quite a lot. I have not. I have not. You should do because down there she's she's been working a lot down there with AJ Lee. And AJ Lee is fantastic, but down there she's working as a heel, and I can't I can't really take AJ as a heel because she she just looks too much like a face. Um, now did you see uh, moving over to TNA, Matthew Matthew Hardy's tweet earlier saying that what ratings and how he and Jeff since they, they debuted what ratings over and how he and Jeff are going to take TNA to the next level and that's why Hulk Hogan brought them in. I did, and in fact, let me let me actually read you the direct quote. Matt Hardy on the latest TM, TNA Impact rating via Twitter. Hulkster and Jeff brought me in the ratings keep growing. Coincidence? I think not. Fact. Dixie, you can thank me and Jeff for the ratings jump. Just saying. Um, wow. Ego anybody? Matt Hardy? Yeah. Really? You think that because you're in TNA and the ratings went up, it's because of your debut in the company? Maybe. I'm going out on a long shot here. Maybe. Just maybe. It's the fact that a guy like Mr. Anderson overcame Immortal and became the TNA world champion. Maybe that's what's driving ratings to spike up. Just a thought. The last few weeks, Matt Hardy's not done much. In the last few weeks, Matt Hardy has lost to Anderson. He's been there in the background, but he's not done anything to mark out and make me want to watch Impact. They say Anderson's been a great wrestler since he won the title. Um, Pope's done nothing. Pope just basically turned into a jobber who's best friends with Bubba Ray. Oh, um, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm actually, I'm actually getting a private message right now from... Uh Someone claiming to be Jeff Hardy, and it reads, and I quote, Dixie, we made TNA a motherfucking superstar. 
Doesn't get much better well, than that, folks. According to Loser.net, Matt Hardy is trying to make Kinef to bring in his former girlfriend, Amy Dumas. So oh, goody. Oh, goody. So he can hook back up with her, and then she can go fuck, I don't know, James Storm. And then maybe James Storm will get a world title run out of it instead of Matt Hardy. Great idea. Great idea. Go ahead and hire du uh, Dumas. Yes, do it. Thing is, I, I think she could be a great talent with him in TNA. We just don't need to keep live keep reliving the sort because it's done with it was done with in two in two two thousand five or whenever it happened. We do like okay, we could reform to extreme but don't have them playing off that damn feud. Get over it, Matt. It, it happened. Um speaking of get, getting over it, apparently um Christopher Daniels was, has returned to TNA wrestling. In a bizarre deal because he is contracted to, to Ring of Honor. The deal sees him that he can whistle under a mask as either Kyle Man or Suicide for, for, for TNA, but appear himself at Ring of Honor. That's very hush hush. Not, not many people know that he's actually playing Suicide. Now, I'm not sure about you, but did, did he quit because he was upset about Bischoff and, and the direction of the company? No, he quit because they didn't have anything for him. Okay. But. I, I just don't like the whole the whole suicide character. So, do you think that this that this him returning as suicide will do much for his career? You know what? When he was under the mask as suicide, I thought that uh, suicide had better matches. I mean, no offense to Kazarian, because I like Kaz, I do. But I think that uh, Christopher Daniels did a fantastic job taking the place of the injured Kazarian at the time as suicide. So, I think this is a plus. I thought they had gotten rid of the suicide character, and really, do you need it? I mean, it's not like he has an impact on the company. Uh, he was only brought in as a tie-in to the uh, horribly done TNA Impact game, which you still see on the shelves today because nobody can sell the damn game. This is true, but if it brings in talent such as, as Chris Daniels, I'm not going to complain. Apparently, they are trying to rebuild that division. So I wouldn't be shocked to see if they bring back in Caval when his um, night no compete expire. Well, you know, now, no, it, no, nothing says great wrestling like a guy that doesn't want to work for the big company. He wants to work for that small company. I mean, why have a steak when you can have a McDonald's cheeseburger? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, now, in a first, Dixie Carter has um, has been answering tweets and Facebook messages on the um, dot com website. Now, th there's two horrors that I picked out. It's her thoughts on um, Booker T and Nash going to the WWE. Mm -hmm. When asked what, what her thoughts were on Nash and Booker T, she, she tweeted, Booker T was not available for any main um, angle. Kerry Nash was, was under contract and just, just recently received his release for reasons I will, I, will, I will not disclose. From the beginning, if we did, not, if we did a main angle, it, it would have not been the original group and it would have been a short-term storyline to get... Something else. So once again, it's Carl Car claiming that they were never meant to be the original Minimum Mafia. Well, again, uh, and I think Mays in the chat room says it best: Dixie Carter trying to save face. Absolutely, she's trying to save face. Um, she had every intention of bringing the Main Event Mafia back. But let me go off on a little tirade really quick. Um, as far as I watched Impact last night. I, I didn't think it was a stellar show, but, I mean, 
okay, here, here's my critique of TNA Impact last night. You start the show off with Bischoff, and he starts running down Kevin Nash and saying, oh, yeah, I talked to Kevin Nash, and I told him to go where the money is, go get your action figure, have a DVD, go where the money is. So in saying that, you basically discounted your company that you work for. You made it sound like you guys are absolutely fucking the bottom of the rung. So you've already started the promo off with making yourself look second rate. And then he brings up Booker and says, well, who cares about Booker T? Well, obviously you guys did because you tried to get both him and Nash signed to contracts to bring them back as the main event mafia. And they went where the money was. And they gave you a big F you. Because who wants to work for a company that they worked for and they say, oh, yeah, we'll bring you back, but we got to reduce your, uh, your price. We'll bring it at like half price. Fuck you. I'll sign with the WWE. And that's exactly what they did. But it just fucking makes them look pathetic when they come out and address it on TV. You know, Vince McMahon, for the longest time, never mentioned his competition. Until it got to the point where he needed to. Yeah, for uh, for for TNA to go out and openly say, we said we told Nash to go somewhere to WWE, does make them look second Ray. I mean, could could you imagine if if Mr. Man goes, you know what I told Brother Ray, Brother Devon, I told Red, I told Jeff Hardy, I told Mr. Anderson, I told whoever else is from the WWE formerly to go work on there to go get that money. See, it I mean, super tough. I mean, you know, if you remember back to the days when WCW was on top of the world, or I guess this is when they really started to kind of drop off. You know, 98 was really the year that Steve Austin kind of propelled that company um, to the top. And actually, you know what? I've got a call coming in, so we'll we'll take this after after this call. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Is this Mark Jindrak? It sure is. How you doing? We're good, man. How are you? Sorry, I, I, I've been trying to get through for like 10 minutes. I I live out here in Mexico, and uh, I guess something with the phone lines is tied up or something. But uh, that's I'm weird. Here now, it's Marco Corleone, no longer Mark Jindrak. The artist formerly known as Mark Jindrak. I'm Marco Corleone now. Marco Corleone. Yes. It's good to finally talk with you. I, thank you for having me on the show. Hey, no problem. Hey, all right. Hey, mate. How, uh, how's it going? How's it going, sir? Uh, you know, I'm pretty tired because here in England it is actually. Four in the morning, but <laughs> I'm here to do to, 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 to what you do in top pro wrestling. You have a bit of an accent. Are you are you uh, from England? Yes, I'm from England. Yeah, right now okay. it's for, yes, I'm from Hampshire, England. Beautiful country, beautiful country. I had I had the opportunity to wrestle there several times in WCW and WWE, and uh, man, beautiful country. Congratulations. Well. It, it's a bit cold, but it's good. <laughs> so you mentioned WCW. Uh, you you were in that company towards its dying days and when it was brought out by by the WWF. When when it was announced that it was brought like brought out, did you think, "Damn, this 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 is the end of my career," or were you thinking on on more of a positive side? No, 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 no. I I was I was pretty secure. In fact, you know. Um... I was one of the first, you know, there was 10 guys originally that signed right away, and that was uh, the, the guys who did the invasion gimmick. So right away, I mean, I, I had no, you know, well, well, a lot of guys were still waiting. Like, I was that first 
group of people that were signed. It was myself, I believe Chuck Palumbo, Sean O'Hare, Sean Stasiak, Kidman, Canyon, uh, Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, Shane Helms, Buff Bagwell, Booker T, and Hugh Morris. Wow, great memory, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. That was the, those were like the first guys that were signed. We were the, like the first 10 to 12 that, that were first signed that went did the invasion angle, that first guy. So I wasn't, you know, and, I, and for my first year in WCW, you know, in 2000, year 2000, I, I thought I had a pretty decent campaign. You know, I showed enough to um, WWE to, for them to pick me up. I think they, they saw they saw raw talent. So they figured, you know, give, give you know, and I spent a little time, you know, in OVW. Uh, but what a great experience, you know, in OVW when I was, before I went, moved up to uh, WWE. And, and OVW at one time in, in our camp was myself, John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, uh, Brock Lesnar, Charlie Haas, Shelton Benjamin, uh, Victoria was there, um, as well. So, uh, I mean, just that name, those names alone, I mean, it's ridiculous, you know? Like, And, and that's where I think I really matured as a wrestler and learned how to work, you know, under the tutelage of, like, Danny Davis and, like, Jim Cornette. So, mm. that's... I, I, I never really had, so to answer your question, I never had really any fear of, of not moving on and progressing in WWE. Uh, so you mentioned that you were in that whole WCW, ECW alliance angle. Do you think, um, do you think that angle was, was killed off too quickly? Like, because I think fans, including myself, thought that, it, that um, if rightly it, uh, it, it could have for longer. It just seems like it's kind of killed off. Like I just want to get your your thoughts on, on how that whole that whole that whole storyline went. No, absolutely. I, I I kind of feel that way as well. Um, I agree that probably an angle like that that was. I mean, if you st- if you look back, that that was one of the most incredible times in, in professional wrestling. I mean, I was on that final WCW show in Panama City. I was on that show and. Uh, I was part of that history where Shane McMahon and people of the WWE were on TNT, you know, and, and we were on at the same time, like, you know, when WWE took over. It was it was an incredible time for wrestling. And the angle could have gotten more, I think it could have gotten a little more mileage out of it, you know, and because it was a great angle. And, you know, but but nonetheless, it was, it was a great time in wrestling, you know, especially... There was one, I think, one part that I was involved in as well in Atlanta, Georgia, where uh, it was five on five. It was us, WCW five versus five guys um, from WWE. And then at, at the end of the match, ECW came down, and you know they thought it was they thought that was, they ended up turning on WWE, and that's when the whole war began. You know, but that, that when the war began, it could have gotten could have gotten so much more mileage, but it didn't. It didn't, but nonetheless, it was a great angle. You know, uh, going back to your early career in WCW, uh, as a fan, you know, I used to watch both, obviously, the WWF and, of course, WCW. And, you know, toward the end of WCW, when you guys were doing the Natural Born Thrillers gimmick, um, I really found that those segments, especially with Kevin Nash being, like, the coach, um, you know, you and O'Hare and, of course, uh, Sean Stasiak and uh, above average Mike Sanders. I, I just thought you guys clicked so well with that group, and to have Kevin Nash kind of mentoring you guys. I mean, that was one of the highlights of watching WCW for me. Uh, you know, everything else seemed like it was kind of falling apart, 
And when you're talking about the uh, WCW invasion angle, especially with the ECW, I think one of the main reasons that that angle just fell flat was because you didn't have guys like Sting and you didn't have your Scott Steiners. I mean, you had Booker, um, but you didn't have a lot of that main event talent like Kevin Nash or, or Scott Hall or even a Lex Luger. Yeah. And then Buff Bagwell, you know, excuse my language, he crapped the bed. <laughs> uh, badly. It was horrible. You know, and it, it just, it just kind of, it seemed like we, just, it seemed like WCW as a company just wasn't up to, up to par to the work rate of WWE. That's what it felt like, myself included. I mean, it, it, the WWE work rate is, you know, I have to say, like, I really, I really believe in their developmental system because, I mean, they, they. They teach you how to work. You know what I'm saying? You're working, you're working independent. You're working in front of 50 people. You're working in front of 300 people. And you know it's it's, it's a great system. And uh, you know I just think when WCW as a whole came over to WWE, I, I think a lot of us, our our work was on the par. My my soul, mine so because I was still green. I mean basically I'm fresh out of the power plant. They threw threw me and O'Hare on TV, and six months later we're tag team champions. You know it was it was kind of and I do agree with you, you know, about those segments. You know, a lot of people, you know, I hear a lot of stuff about, you know, people saying those segments, those segments, uh, you know, were rating killers and stuff. But I, I, I tend to believe that that, that felt real. Because those are my friends. And really, Kevin Nash was a, a super good guy. I mean, the guy, that's how he was. I mean, we had a great time. If that, if that didn't come across the TV, I don't know what, what it's going to. Because that was real emotion. We're having a great time. I mean, we're doing goofy stuff, but it was, I thought it was, I thought it was a group, you know, the Natural Born Thrillers was a, was a great group because everyone had their role. You know, Mike Sanders was above average Mike Sanders. He was, he was just that, an average wrestler, but on the mic, he was super smooth, you know, and, you know, I think he hung, you know, when, when our group turned cocky and everything, and I, I think we hung, you know, like, you know, in promos and stuff because, of, you know, for his, for, 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 for his, for his doing, um, with guys like Kevin Nash, GDP, we feud with those guys after we broke off from Kevin. You know, but it was a great group, and I, I thought those. I agree. I thought those moment, moments were 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 good TV. You know, and uh, you know sometimes I hear different, but I'm glad somebody appreciated. So appreciated it. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Uh, you know, and, and I always kind of felt like, and I've talked about this with other people as well. Uh, you know, not only did they kind of drop the ball with the whole invasion angle, but you know, you had the perfect storyline in professional wrestling. You had Vince McMahon thinking that he had overcome his enemy. He was going to buy WCW and in walks Shane. And he buys the company from out from under his father's nose. And, you know, yep. it just, it, you have this brand split in the WWE that I've never liked. And I always thought, you know, why could he have not kept WCW around as a separate entity you know, you could still have your WrestleMania pay-per-view every year and have both uh, shows or both companies come together, you know, put on these big super cards every year, but rather it was, oh, we're going to do Raw, we're going to do SmackDown. And, and that has always bothered me, the fact that I guess Vince always wanted to kill things that he didn't uh, he didn't start, and WCW was a thorn in his side for a long time. But, uh, I mean, when I think about what could have been, and, uh, you know, especially if the natural-born thrillers were running roughshod, over the WCW portion of the company. I mean, just, you know, a lot of really good things could have come from that. Maybe the business wouldn't have been in the slump that it's been for a while, but, I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's, there's that's a great thing about wrestling. You know, it's, it's always open for discussion. I mean, 
you know, that's that was a like I said, it was a very it was a cool time for wrestling fans. You know, wrestling fans that were that got into the whole ratings war and stuff like that and it, it was a real good time for for the for the fans and just for um because it, 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 like no one ever thought that this would happen after these guys being enemies, W C W W E at one night they they'd broadcast in the same you know, the same time with Shane McMahon on one channel and, and Vince McMahon on the other. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, it's you know it was a good time in wrestling, and uh, you know I can actually say with uh, us now with Lucha, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about the Lucha Libre USA. Absolutely. Um, our our producer, our producer is actually was the producer of WCW, the last man to ever beat this man on a Monday Night Ratings War. So, oh wow! That's a little. Yeah, his name's Craig Leathers. He was the uh, yeah, the the producer of the show of uh, Nitro. Uh, during the times, you know, that when WCW was on top, so he was actually the last producer ever to beat Vince on a Monday night, and uh, now he's our producer. And uh, if you saw any of season one, I promise you, I promise you, and I, you know, our production on season two is is incredible, incredible. So I'm really looking forward to this. We're, we're, we're back on TV soon. We've already taped uh, episodes, uh, so we're all ready. You know, we're just getting the green light from TV two again, and. We'll be back real soon, so I'm real excited about that. So, following the whole WWE angle, um, you you then teamed up with with, with the late Lance Cade um, and had a pretty decent tag uh, tag um, team going on there. Now, if you look at wrestling now and and the whole tag team division, do you think that tag team wrestling could be as important as it once was if the guys in the offices decided that it was actually a good thing and because as a fan, yes, what 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 I enjoy when I'm on wrestling, I also like tag team wrestling. So, do you think tag oh, team wrestling could once again be a uh, big draw? I, you know, I I think sometimes I I think sometimes uh, you know I see a lot of when I whenever I catch WWE on the TV out here in Mexico, I uh, sometimes I forget the last time I saw. Usually when when DX was together, when Triple H and Sean um, Sean were together, usually whoever they wrestled. I think it was actually one time, maybe Cade and uh, um, his, his, his other partner, Murdoch. Uh, yeah, yes, him. Um, when like those guys, I mean, incredible. You know, it's just the way uh, tag team wrestling. First of all, you need more time. Sometimes the TV matches are rushed. You know, there's a, how can you have a six minute tag team match? You know, to really have a tag team match, I think you need about nine to ten minutes so you can kind of tell a story and, and, and build that, uh, you know, build that emotion for the hot tag. And then that was also so cool about teams like the, you know, the, um, the Rockers and, and uh, uh, all, the, all the tag teams over there in the 80s in the WWF, you know, that I, I, I grew up watching, you know, and, and uh, which is great, great in wrestling. And I, I think just now, I think, I, I still think there's some good tag team wrestling out, but I think... Usually there needs to be someone like, uh, you know, like a DX involved or something because they they really know how to tell that story. Obviously, you know, Triple H and and Shawn Michaels before. So for, uh, for, following the tag team, you then split and came up with a gimmick that I thought was awesome, the the reflection of perfection. Now was that your idea or was that someone in WWE? Actually, it was actually you know it was it was my it was my idea you know and that came. That came from uh, Stone Cold, you know. Stone Cold would, when I was on Raw, he'd always come to me and he'd say, you know, kid, you know, I want you to, he'd give me homework. He'd, he'd tell me, like, you know, 
think of something. Okay, you're Mark Jindrak, but think of something. You know, like I'm not just I'm not just Steve Austin. I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, that's the uh, uh, you know the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. That's the the you know uh, you know everything. You know uh, the, the uh, nicknames, the nicknames. You know, so he gave me homework for the following week on Raw to come up with like ten ten nicknames. <laughs> Because they were they were talking about bringing uh, breaking up, Kate and I. Well, I was going to go to SmackDown, so I need something. You know, Mark Jindrak. Well, what Mark Jindrak? So I I was thinking, I thinking, and and the next week I came back. One of my things was a reflection of perfection. He said, he said he liked it, you know, and uh, and so I I went with it and I talked to Stephanie McMahon about it, and you know they put me with Teddy Long, and I mean I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed those matches, and I look back at my career. You know, even here in Mexico, I bust out some of my VCR tapes, you know, and uh, check out the old matches. I really, my best matches and, and the stuff that was going on in my career was the best right there in that, that time period of reflection and perfection, you know, because it was, I felt like I was I was coming into my own. Teddy, uh, Teddy Long was, Teddy Long was, uh, you know, really, really entertaining. And I had great matches, but the problem was I spent three and a half months just on velocity, that 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 character never saw the light of SmackDown. It did one time. Yeah. It was I I jobbed the I jobbed to RVD. You know I, I won. I was undefeated on velocity for like three and a half months, and then my first my first uh, SmackDown, I lost to RVD in Winnipeg, and then it and appeared. Yeah, it appeared as if it took that gimmick and and have now kind of split into two. They've kind of given the whole um, looking into the mirror and and taking your your reflection kind of to Cody Rhodes as a dashing Cody Rhodes and being perfection. They've they've kind of given to Dolph Ziggler. So it seems like they've involved yeah. your your gimmick and gave it to, to two different wrestlers. Yeah, which before before me was was basically Chris Masters. You know, he kind of he kind of did a variation of the reflection perfection, and and I kind of did a variation of the Lex Luger Lex Luger narcissist gimmick you know it's it's kind of that that type of i think one time rick the model model martel did it you know like that that kind of and now what's his name uh um cody cody wrote what's his name cody, cody, cody yeah. um, that dashing 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 cody Rhodes. you know like it's it's that that this this character can be recycled and recycled but what i thought you know what was unique about mine was teddy long on the mic i mean you, you, i mean you know, he he uh he's a hype man, you know, like and he's excellent. He's 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 entertaining, you know, and I thought I thought you know, my, my character never really got a chance, you know, it was a reflection perfection never really got a chance. So well, you know. You know, you well, I, hang on a sec, Curly. You you make a good point with uh with gimmicks being kind of recycled when you think about it. I mean Lex Luger as the narcissist, he didn't get very long of a run. I think what maybe Three, four months, and then, you know, he started doing the whole Lex Express gimmick when he body-slammed Yoko. He went from being the narcissist to the American hero the very next day. Um, and you look at gimmicks like the Million Dollar Man. Um, you know, we've had JBL. We've we've got Alberto Del Rio, which is kind of an offshoot of a of Million Dollar Man. You had Tiger Ali Singh that was kind of a, a ripoff of the Million Dollar Man. So I, I see that. There's a lot of gimmicks that, that get recycled over the years, and... Um, you know, Curly makes a good point though with with both Dolph Ziggler and uh, and dashing Cody Rhodes kind of taken from that gimmick. I, I pretty valid, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess it, it, you're right. It's a 
that's a character that gets recycled a lot. A lot of characters get recycled. You know, it's just it just really comes down to who does it better. You know, I mean, you know, I always was fascinated with the. Uh, I loved the Mister the Mister Perfect gimmick when I was young. That was one of my favorite characters, Mister oh, yeah. Perfect. You know, and and I liked I liked you know that was kind of like a little bit of my the thought thought process also in the reflection of perfection, kind of like Mister Perfect. You know, and man, it was his work was those were some of my favorite matches him and him and uh you know rick rude i'm a big fan of rick rude as well so yeah so towards the end of your wwe run you teamed up with luther Reigns and and aligned yourself with kurt angle and i do believe you got to best saw undertaker a few times what was it like working with undertaker and being a team with kurt angle it was great it was great I had a great match with Undertaker, actually. You know, uh, the the TV match that I had with him was, um, you know, w- when me, when myself and Luther Reigns and Kurt Angle split up, they they basically that's what, I worked Luther. I went I, I wrestled against Luther, and the reason why I ended up beating Luther at the end of our feud was because I had I had two good matches with Undertaker. You know, if you if you can work well with Undertaker, that the, the office office looks looks well upon that so i had some good matches with undertaker and when when luther reigns and i squared off it was um you know, like that's why i progressed and i ended up beating him in our feud and then we broke up with turt you know but wrestling with kurt angle was incredible um the guy's a the guy's a true i mean true athlete incredible incredible um it was a great experience because of that because of working in in his stable i got i got a chance to work at that time on SmackDown, like like uh, I got a chance to work Eddie Guerrero, um, I got a chance to work uh, Big Show, um, Rey Mysterio a lot of times. So it was it was it was a great opportunity, you know, to work guys like that, you know. And then and then later with Undertaker. So you know that that part of my career, like you know, even though I was kind of like at a stagnant point in my career, at a maturity level, being in the ring with those types of stars, it, it's, it's it's really truly a different level, you know, and. And uh, I appreciate that time in my career. So after that, you kind of started appearing on on Velocity, and that kind of led to your release. Was it basically just because they had no ideas for you, or was it you want, or was it you wanting to, to to leave the WWE that left led to your your release? No, no, it was it was kind of it, it kind of was just there was nothing for me. You know, I was kind of flip flopping between. Um, Baby face and heel. It, the people didn't know how to take me. You know, I I I look back. I had great matches, but you know, it was kind of that point. I got released. It was just I was part of a release. You know, I mean, I got let go of like thirteen other guys. I think thirteen other people, and uh, so I didn't take it. I didn't take it personally. And in fact, it that's that's the defining moment of my career so far. When I got released, I something. Something lit inside of me, you know. Like, I, I, the only profession I've ever known is professional wrestling, you know. So, I had a, you know, the at that time TNA wasn't wasn't popping that much, you know, and and uh, I wanted something more, so that's why I came to Mexico. So that, it, you know, it's just like I caught up in a, but I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I did get released because I was on I was kind of. I had a bad a bad um habit of just coasting, you know, like I'm six foot six, I weigh about two hundred and forty five, two hundred and fifty pounds. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete, and things have always come easy to me, you know, and I think that was the pattern of my career. You know, I'm at the power plant in a short time. I come to WCW, I get thrown right on TV. I'm champion real quick. Then I, then I move over to WWE, and then I stay in OVW for a second, but then I go back up to WWE, have a good run with Lance Cade. Um, then I go on with Kurt Angle's crew, Reflection of Perfection, and then eventually just I got released. And, and I just, that whole thing just, I coasted. I felt like I, I, felt like I coasted. I felt like I could have done so much more. And, and that's why... That's why I've had the success I've had so far in Mexico because of because of that just that reason. So, with, following your release, you went to Japan for a bit, I believe, and you teamed with Matt Morgan. What was it like to work yeah, with Matt yeah. Morgan? It was it was good. We're 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 kind of like uh, it's funny. Um, this uh, independent wrestler T.J. Perkins, I don't know if you know him. He uh, he actually, you know, he worked, he worked briefly with Lucha Libre USA, and uh, then just, he, just recently he did up a, a dark match in TNA, and he said to me, he said, you know, I met Matt Morgan up there. He reminds me a lot of you, you know, and we're kind of like the same, from the same mold, you know. Northeast boys, he's from, like, the uh, Connecticut area. I'm from central New York. You know, Catholic boys who played, you know, basketball players. We kind of came from the same mold. And working with him, it was, it was man, it was cool, you know. I mean... The guy's a the guy's huge. The guy's six foot nine, you know. And uh, you know, I liked I liked that because he was a power guy. And you know, I'm six foot six, but I'm not really a power type wrestler. I'm I'm more, especially now in Mexico, I'm a I'm a high flyer. You know, I'm a I'm a luchador. I'm a flyer. <laughs> and uh, you know, so in that tag team, I got to be a little bit more mobile, mobile, mobile. Um, like for example, our finishing move in, in Japan was he'd pick a guy up by his basically by his knees and the guy the guy would literally be eight and a half feet in the air and I would jump up off the you know not the ropes the mat and drop kick the guy in the face it was a super drop kick we did that with Lance Kane as well you know and we I, I got a chance to utilize my more athletic moves because Matt Morgan was the big power guy so I kind of liked it you know I, I got I felt like I was the crash holly and he was the hardcore holly <laughs> <laughs> I like that comparison now you went to Mexico. You initially, let me, I want to make sure I get this right. Did you work for CMLL first, or was it AAA? CMLL first. Yes. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Um, I've actually got a question here from, uh, from one of our listeners that was texted to me. Uh, it comes to a guy named Josh. Uh, he's basically asking, we've heard a bunch of different rumors about the reason behind leaving CMLL to jump to AAA. Uh, what was the biggest reason you felt AAA would be a better fit? And also, why did you leave AAA? You know, at that point in time, I left CMLL because uh, I didn't want to leave CMLL. I, I absolutely love working in Arena Mexico. Love it. It's, it's, it's the greatest experience I've, I've had in wrestling, and, and, and it was every single week, every single Friday. Such emotion. And I really don't want to leave. But what happened was Rocky Romero was the first one to jump from CMLL to AAA, okay? No big deal in their minds, CMLL. They weren't too too panicked over it. But then a month later, Alex Kozlov, who, who became a big star in CMLL, he ended up jumping AAA as well. Now, these two guys are my best friends, kind of, you know? I, I mean, they are my best friends in, 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 in Mexico and when I'm in the States. And, uh, you know, now, of course, Alex Kozlov's in, in Florida and, and Rocky Romero's back in the States and in California working for Lucha Libre USA as well. But uh, just when those two guys, those guys jumped, the office of CMLL thought, man, they you know, that's his friend. He's gonna. Mark's gonna jump. You know, Marco's gonna jump next. 
and they just lost confidence in me. You know, like like I was at that point, and I, and I promise to God, I was I was the most over guy in that company, mystical included. And but then but because they lost confidence in me, like because they think I'm going to jump, obviously they're not going to throw any bones to me. So I had no title title shots. I had no you know big matchups. It was just kind of like. Whatever, whatever matches, no storyline, nothing. Just kind of blah, and uh, I just felt like I just felt like I was being punished because of those other two of my friends jumping, jumping ship, you know. And so I think that's that's the reason why I left. And and but uh, I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't. Triple A, Triple A is it's uh, wasn't a company, wasn't an experience I enjoyed. So, as, as a wrestler, you wrestled in, in America, Japan, and Mexico. How do you evolve yourself? So, because each each company must have a different way that that the fans react to, to the wrestling. Because I've, I think if you find when you come to England, the crowd's hot. America, it can be hot. Mexico, I hear that that those fans are crazy over there. So, how do you evolve yourself to change and adapt to the the the, uh, the, the wrestling audience? I really haven't. I haven't. I haven't had to really. You know. I mean, um, you know, in WWE, that's. I think it's another part. You know, I was kind of a a big guy that really didn't wrestle like a power power wrestler. You know. So it. it you know, sometimes you 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 change. When I went to Japan, I, I knew I I upped my wrestling. Like I was, I was more like wrestled more strong style. You know. And then, uh, but then. At one point in time, I was going from Japan to Mexico, Mexico to Japan, and what a difference in styles, you know, because Japan's super strong style, and then Mexico is more of a style high-flying, you know, high-flying, more um, entertaining, fast fast style of wrestling, which is Lucha Libre. And, uh, you know, that's... It, I, I have an easy time adapting. Like I said, I'm a six-foot-six guy, weighs 245 pounds, but... You know, I can also fly around. If I need to fly around, I can fly around. But if I need to do power power moves, and I also I also can wrestle like that. My clotheslines are super super strong, and and uh, you know my punches are are really good punches, and and uh, my moves are are powerful, a power style as well. Not, but then when I need to be lucha style, I I just up my athleticism a little bit. You know, who has been your favorite luchador that you've worked with? Favorite. Uh, Actually, actually, uh, I have to say Alberto Del Rio. Um, when he was in CMLL. I think his phone died because you're still here, so it's not my line. I think we got you back. I'm not sure what happened. We had a disconnection. All right, cool. Sorry about that. We had some sort of disconnection going on. Well, I guess what uh, continue was I was saying uh, my one of my favorite opponents in yeah. CMLL was... Uh, well, he was formerly known as Dos Carters Jr. He's now Alberto Del Rio, the winner, the past winner of Royal Rumble. Uh, we had when I was when I first came to Mexico, I was a Rudo or a heel, um, and he was a he was a technical or babyface, which they call technical. And we had man, we had some great great matches. You know, uh, Do, uh, Alberto Del Rio, um, he's a he's a tremendous athlete. You know, and we we had some great great matches because. You know, a, a match like that in WWE would have never happened. You know, they they kind of limit their their big guys flying around and stuff. But you need to see some old matches between Dos Cotas and I, or, or Alberto Del Rio and I, because 
man, we were doing flying out of the rims. It was two big guys flying around, and, and we, so I, I have to say it was probably him. Uh, I was going to ask, what do you think about this big push that he's going right now? I mean, uh, well-deserved, do you think? Well, well I, I know he works awfully hard. Um, I work, he works awfully hard, and uh, it, it's just time. It's just time. I mean, look, we're, we're, we're Lucha and Libre USA. I mean, we, I, you know, we have a great chance of succeeding because there's, there's a, such a strong, strong percentage of Latin Latino fans in the WWE, but before Alberto Barrio, you pretty much had, you know, Mexicos for a little bit and then Rey Mysterio all the time, you know, and, and, and there's so many Latino fans. Why aren't there more, you know, but now they're, now they're taking more, they're taking more notice now and, and, and bringing guys along. That's why I think there's maybe, maybe Alberto Barrio is getting pushed to the moon, you know, maybe a little faster than what a normal push would be like in the WWE, but they, they have, they have to hurry up because they need more Latino stars, Mexican stars. It's such a it's such a big population of the WWE fans or fans in general, which are Latino fans. I would agree, and it seems to me like Rey Mysterio is kind of winding down. I mean, he's had you know his I knees don't... are shot. You know, that's that's my buddy. His, his knees are shot. Yep. He's on his way out. You know, he's had a great career, but a guy's knees can only he's had what thirteen operations or something. I mean, something ridiculous. You know, and. And uh, now, now you look um, in FCW. There's, there's, like I said, my my friend is Alex Kozlov. You know that guy is 25 year old. He's um, he speaks three languages: Russian, English, and uh, Spanish. So I mean, that's they're, they're looking for guys who can speak Spanish. And because I'm, I'm telling you, WWE down here is booming. The ratings on TV are ridiculous, and and it's really, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible the impact the WWE's had down here. So. I think they're they're trying to concentrate more on the Mexican stars. They just signed Mystico, yes. the, the biggest name probably in wrestling in, in Mexican wrestling in the past five years has been Mystico, and he just signed with WWE. Um, so they're 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 looking for more more talent right now. They're looking for more Latin Latinos, Mexican wrestlers. Well, you know, and I I think they're getting it obviously with Del Rio and Mystico signing. I mean, they've been after Mystico for. I've heard the last couple of years they've been actively, aggressively trying to pursue him. So it's, I guess it's good they finally got him. And as you said, Ray's kind of on the way out. And you definitely need that Latino base. Absolutely, absolutely. There's such a, such a big, a big market there. There's such a big, you know, uh, such a big group of people that you know. I, I was reading some. I think the percentage is like close to thirty percent of you know the WWE fans are Latinos. And wow. You know, and before Alberto Barrio, like I said, he had a Mexico's first stint and, and Rey Mysterio. Ridiculous. You know, and, um, I mean, at one time, like, kind of like Chavo was on the border of, you know, Mexico, but he was never, really, you know, true Mexicans, you know, like, really nobody besides, besides even Rey Mysterio. Well, actually, I think Rey Mysterio was born in Tijuana, so maybe he's a Mexican, but, you know, Chavo was born north of the border. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was time it's time you know to give these these latino fans more more of their you know what they grew up on lucha lucha libre little lucha so you bring up lucha libre um how did you get involved with with lucha libre usa well um basically they uh they used to do tours for triple a when i was there 
I went on a few a few shows and uh and Lucha Libre USA, the the owners, you know, Mr. Steven Ship and uh you know, basically it was when when I was at the, I guess at the time maybe there was some kind of business problems or something where, you know, it was originally AAA's deal. And Lucha Libre USA was AAA's deal to to, to basically my boss Steve he basically had this deal and was and, and obviously needed the triple A's luchadors or wrestlers for this whole season. And and basically there was problems with that, so he kinda had he was kinda pressed for time, you know, and so at that point in time that's when I would finish my first year contract and I only had a one year contract with Triple A and I, I forego I didn't want to come back. I, I went one year and that was it for me. So after I after I basically um Stop working at AAA. Like maybe about a week later, um, you know, he asked. Me, he reached out to me. He asked me if I was for real. Like you know, a lot of times in wrestling down here, the angles out there, you're fired or whatever, you're gone. But then I, or then you come back, you know, surprised at the next big event. You know, like asked me like, is this some kind of angle or is a storyline? I said no, I'm, I'm really, I'm independent now. You know, I, I, I you know, I don't know what I'm gonna do next. He goes, well, I got this deal with MTV2 and MTV3, and, and uh, you know, I'd like to have you on board. And that, that led to, sure, okay, I'm on board, which led to, can you help me find some wrestlers, luchadors, which led to me finding luchadors and, and then basically putting contracts together. You know, every what's, what's good is all of our guys have, you know, contracts, exclusive contracts with us in the United States, uh, in the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. So that's, that's good for us because... With WWE trying to swallow up all this talent, especially Mexican talent, we got these guys signed, you know, so they're, they're exclusive to us, and, and we're, we're happy for that. Came to us earlier the uh, how the gimmick, the reflection of perfection came about. How did you transition from uh, Mark Jindrak to Marco Corleone? Well, um, originally in April, my first time in Mexico was May of 2006. But in in April of 2006, originally Johnny Johnny Stamboli, um, formerly of uh, you know WWE, he's he actually plays Relic right now in Lucha USA. Um, he went there with Chuck Palumbo, and they did their FBI gimmick, uh, full-blooded Italian, and they worked against um, the Ultimate Dragon and another another Japanese fella, and uh, they had an angle kind of down there. And then what happened was after that first tour in April 2006, Chuck Palumbo re-signed with WWE. So that needed, that left the spot open for another Italian to kind of fill the FBI, full-blooded Italian spot. So basically, Ultimo Dragon had a, an event in Mexico, uh, his first actually inaugural event called Dragon Mania 1. So that was on a Saturday. So on a Friday night, which is the Arena Mexico, that's every Friday night Arena Mexico and Simalau, the big show, they happen to have this one grand pre-event where it was basically eight foreigners versus eight Mexicans. And this place was rock and roll. There was like 10, 12,000 people there, but it was ridiculous. I mean, rowdy, rowdy, rowdy fans. And so I got a chance when I came, and, and I'm supposed to play this Italian gimmick. Basically, instead of Mark, Marco... Which sounds more Italian, and then I said Jindrak, which is a straight German, like Czechoslovakian type name. Uh, think of a, think of a strong think of a strong um, Italian name, you know. 
uh, and, and Corleone, Corleone, like like the Godfather, Michael Corleone, that basically that's where it came from, Michael Corleone, and it was just man, it, was, it caught on, it caught on, it was it was it was just right right timing, like a that's another thing in WWE. Sometimes my timing wasn't on. It wasn't on, you know. Like it was, it just wasn't my time for some reason. I was one of the original members of Evolution. At least I was thought it. Uh, like I was all ready to be that fourth member, and then they pulled the string. You know, they, they pulled it at the last moment. You know, bad timing. Uh, Lance Cade and I were going to be tag team champions, but they ended up last moment pulling and giving the Evolution. You know, uh, like it's just it's one thing after another, and and uh, my timing was off, but. When I came here to Mexico, it was my timing was good because I was what they were looking for and what they needed in this in this country at that moment. You know, the last big foreign star was probably Vampiro, probably in the '90s. You know, Vampiro, but that that's that's been 20 years ago. You know, and and you know, I came and basically, you know, I, I didn't wear a mask. I used that high flying style, and and that's kind of how the whole transition began. You know. Right. Um, got a question here. Do you plan on going back to CMLL, or has Paco Alonso banned you from coming back? Well, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't know. You know, I really haven't investigated. I, I, I would be open because, you know, as, as I have Lucha Liver USA, that's my baby. You know, that's my, that's my, what I'm really focused on and everything in the United States, um, the Lucha Liver USA. But, uh, you know, here in Mexico, you know, I'm, 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 be honest with you right now. I haven't wrestled here in Mexico yet this year. I, I, I got a part on a, a solo opera here down here in Mexico, and uh, and I started. I entered the uh, television school, the big television network here is Televisa, and I've been, I've been basically taking classes. I'm working on my accent and my Spanish and everything, and and uh, trying to kind of cross over. So, if there's an opportunity to come back to see him allow. I, I I may I may think about it like it would be something appealing because now I mean I think more, now more than ever although I left CMLL um, I think I think they probably could use me right now because Mystico just left and I'll be honest with you there's there's a lot of talented guys there but there's not a lot of stars big big star drawing drawing power names and uh, I think that's going to be a problem for them for them pretty soon CMLL uh, because there's no really Mystic was gone, you know, and he was their big draw. He was their big draw for quite a long time, you know, five five years. And now he's gone. Like they you know, and everyone else is swallowed up. Dr. Wagner, another big star, he's with Triple A. Uh guys like Pedro Aguayo, he's also with Triple A. And Steven had to go they're all with Triple A and I'm pretty sure they have contracts, so it's pretty much CMLO needs someone to you know, I'm still the I'm still at a high level of popularity in Mexico. And to be honest with you, I haven't been on Mexican TV in, in a form of Lucha Libre in, in almost over a year. And uh, But it hasn't hurt me at all. You know, like I think if I came back to see Malau, it'd be something real big. But it depends. And like I said, that, that boss, Paco, Paco Alonso, was the question, part of the question was, he may be upset, you know, but if he's a businessman, if he's a businessman, I think he'll let, you know, buy young, he got buy young. Absolutely. I've got a couple more questions in from Latino718. Um, he says, X-Pac has said in many interviews that AAA didn't keep their end of the bargain as far as the promises go. Did they do the same to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
yeah, and, 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 it, and it was it was pulling teeth, you know. The, the deal, the deal's hunky dory when you make it. The, when the, when they want you to jump right away, but you know, and Paco Alonso told me the, the boss, the boss of CMLL told me, you know, when when there was rumors of me going, we had, we had talks in the office, you know, like I, I left abruptly, but we had several talks, the boss and I. And, and it really wasn't, we, we couldn't come to any agreement on anything. And uh, I think that, that them as an office and the company lost lost faith in me. So that's kind of why I jumped. But uh, they, when I went to AAA, and, and Pahakalani told me, they'll, they'll promise you the world, and then three months later, you know, forget about it. And that's exactly what happened. I um, I came in, signed a good contract. I, I um, you know, I was happy with the money. But then, you know, I was I, I kept a, you know, sometimes here they give you a guaranteed pay. I mean, they'll work you 25 shows a month if, if they can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I made sure I had a, a, a guaranteed no more than 15 shows. So I figured, you know, I got a great a great guaranteed amount of money every every month. And then on top of that, I got, you know, I, I was guaranteed that I was going to be working like, you know, 31 times or something, you know. And so I was happy. But then... Man, I promise you, they 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 wanted to get their money's worth. Um, three months in, you know, everything was great. It was probably even less. Two months in, it just became every day. Like, I mean, it was what just waiting for a phone call from the office on one of my days off. It was just, it was ridiculous, and and I just, you know, I, I couldn't stand it. And as soon as soon as that my year contract was over, I just I bounced. It was over with. You know, I. I have nothing bad to say about them. They gave me employment for a year, but I mean, it was the stupidest move I probably made in my career, leaving CMLL to go to AAA. I also have a question that was sent in. Um, now, what do you think Lucha Libre USA can offer to the fans of WWE and TNA if they tune into into the product? Well, you know, it, it, it's not like we're we're here. It's not like I'm saying that I don't like WWE wrestling or I don't like TNA wrestling. I enjoy watching both of those. I'm just saying this Lucha Libre USA, it's something bigger, on a bigger scale for the, for the Latino fans, for the, for the Mexican-Americans here, for the, for, the, for the people that grew up on Lucha Libre. And their parents, you know, they came to America, but their parents know Lucha Libre and the, the classic masks and luchadors. I think it's, it's a different style of wrestling. You know, it's, it's, it's a high-action, fast-paced kind of wrestling. Um... So we're we're not like coming and trying to compete. We're just trying to give the fans another option, you know. And and for people that don't know Lucha Libre, I, like basically, I'm 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 hoping that we can make the same impact that that Lucha Libre made on me when I first came to Mexico in 2006. I came here and I absolutely just fell in love with the passion and the and the, the mystery of the masks and and the stories and the and the you know the the masks that have been handed down to their sons, the, the stories of Santo, Blue Demon. It, it, those those things are the mystery, you know. It, it was something like almost kind of cult feeling, like you know, cultish, and and it was society of wrestling, lucha libre, in a style that just, just I fell in love with. And I'm hoping the fans, just your general fans, you know, people like WWE or people like TNA, ch- check us out because you know it's we really got a really really nice mix of uh, a crew. We got a lot of a lot of great wrestlers. Luke's Libre style is, I mean, we've got probably on a roster 25 to 30 Mexican, authentic Mexican luchadors. So it's just, we're, we're giving some, the, the people, the fans out there, and, and, and more in particular, the, the Latino fans, 
another option to check out. Um, question here. What are your goals for Lucha Libre USA? Build little by little. You know, I can tell you one thing. I'm, this is the first time ever in my career where I'm kind of, I'm a, I'm a wrestler. Wrestler first. I'm, I'm talent. I wrestle. But in this thing, I've had a, I've had a little bit of a hand in this from, from the, it's, it's start. They had a lot of hand in it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a grind. You know, it's little by little by little. I mean, you, you want to win over every, you want to win over one fan at a time. It's, it's a, it's a big, big battle, you know. And I, I'm actually happy for TNA because it seems like, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of making it. Their ratings are going up a little bit. You know, they're fighting, they're digging, they're clawing, they're scratching. I respect that. And that's, that's what we're doing, you know. I mean, our season two is coming up. Like I said, the, the production value is, is blows away season one, you know. And, you know, like I said, the producer is Craig Leathers, the last man to ever beat Vince McMahon in the ratings war on a Monday night. Um, we have new wrestlers, Shane Helms. We have uh, the authentic uh, L.A. Park. We have uh, a guy now, um, he goes by in, in Mexico and Japan, Strongman. Uh, he, he goes by John Recon with us. A super big, strong guy. Um, we have R.J. Brewer, formerly known as John Walters. We have guys, uh, authentic luchadors, historic luchadors like Liz Mike Jr., Tenebulous Jr., uh, Charlie, Man- uh, Charlie Malice, um, formerly known as Charlie Manson from Mexico, um, uh, Rocky Romero, Supernova. We have Midis, Mascarita Dorada, one of the best pound-for-pound wrestlers in the world. If you haven't seen this guy, you got to check him out, Mascarita Dorada. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just we have talented guys. Uh, uh, Petey Williams, we have Petey Williams. He he just recently signed. Uh, Paul London plays the character of Sadistico. You know, Paul London, super great worker. Um, I mean, we're I mean, we're we're rocking and rolling. I mean, we got Relic, formerly known as Johnny Johnny Stamboli. We have a, a great cast. Guys have been to the big dance. You know, guys have been there. I kind of see this this this. Uh, you know, it, it's such a great mix, you know, uh, the, some of the Americans we have on the roster and just the, the 75% Mexican. It's just a real, real great mix. You know, I really enjoy the matches. I, I really enjoy watching the matches from a fan standpoint. And, I, and, I, and the people so far, we've had two uh, television tapings for Series 2, Season 2 at the Hard Rock Casino in Albuquerque. That's our home, you know, as, as uh, you know, TNA has a home there in Orlando. We have a home. Our home is in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Hard Rock Casino. And uh, our first two shows were sellouts and, and great shows. We've got we've got uh, shows already in the can for season two. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, as from a fan standpoint, exciting, exciting stuff. Really, really good. Now, this uh, I've got uh, this last question from uh, from Josh. What has been your biggest accomplishment? Uh, excuse me. What has been your biggest accomplishment in Lucha Libre so far? Biggest accomplishment in Lucha Libre? I, I think, I think my, the answer to that would be biggest accomplishment uh, Lucha Libre would, is actually my success outside of Lucha Libre. Lucha, Lucha Libre is so popular here. It's behind soccer, it's the second biggest sport. It's a heavily watched spectator sport in Mexico. You know, and I always felt like when I wrestled in the WWE, sometimes the mentality of a, the American fan. I'm not even a fan, American person in general that, that heard about wrestling. The stereotype of wrestling is a real... And we have issues with Skype once again. 
Okay, I think that we have Marco Corleone back on the line. Are, are well, I'm, I'm I'm calling you from Mexico, and you know, sometimes the calls just cut out when I call America. So, okay, um, no big deal, no big deal. Uh, I guess I'll pick off pick off where I left off. Uh, I guess uh, what was the question again? Uh, I asked what your biggest accomplishment Lucha Libre was, and you were expounding oh, on the that. Co- yeah, the, the the biggest accomplishment is is by far the the things that have come from Lucha Libre here. Like I said, I came here. I got over, um, and I became a sensation, you know, like 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 a vampiro, vampiro type in the '90s here. You know, I had that that marketable, marketable look. Uh, they liked the foreigners here, you know, and and you know, I was I came at the right moment, and, and my style fit here. Big, uh, they call me the Aguila Italiana, the Italian Eagle. Um, I had this real famous move running down the ra- the the room. There's a ramp in Arena, Mexico. And what I'd do is run down the ramp like a like a forty yard dash type thing, and I would jump over three ropes, kind of like very Jordan esque, and basically cross body the guys inside the ring. But they called me the the Italian Eagle, and that just hit. And then because of because of Lucha Libre, the popularity of it, like I'm I'm able to cross over now. I'm very close to I've got my foot inside the the acting door, you know, with soap operas and shows and, and sketches and comedies and my. Every day my Spanish is getting better. My I, my Spanish is, as far as speaking it, is probably 85% there. I'd say about 85% there. But I promise you, now that I'm going to television school and, and they're learning, they're teaching me how to, you know, take care of my accent a little better and, and pronounce my R's and O's and everything. I'm telling you, I'm just very, very soon, I'm going to be on some big-time TV in Mexico. And, and uh, I already am, but I'm, but I'm more serious roles, you know, and... I have a chance to maybe 85% of 90% of what I say now is understood by the people. I need to get it to where 100% of what I say is understood. No, without doubt. 100% of, kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the United States in the movies back in the 90s and 80s. Like, you know, Terminator 2, he had parts because of his accent and his presence and his little accent, I'll be back, or, you know, hasta vista, baby. <laughs> you know, I can have I can have those type of parts here in Mexico, you know, because I have such a strong following in the Lucha Libre, because it's so big. And I think that's that's the, the most important thing, because, like I said, all I've ever done is wrestle. And, and as much as that's all I've ever done, and always found a way to continue my wrestling career, I, I feel as if uh, I, I need a plan B, and this is becoming my plan B, which is surviving in Mexico and, and entering TV, that, that's my second career. That is awesome. I, I wish you luck on that end. It's been a lot of hard work, and it still is every day. But uh, I came here with a plan, and and that's what I that's what I've been doing. You know, I came with a plan. I stuck with a plan. And because, like I said, because WWE released me, I didn't I didn't get mad at anybody. I, I took it as a a learning experience. And like, just because WWE is five plus five, it doesn't mean you can't use eight plus two or seven plus three to get to ten. You know, and I found other ways to get over, and I, and I got over in a different country. And 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 then four years later, I'm I'm on soap operas. You know, I'm in I'm in the 25 best looking people of this country. You know, magazines like that. I mean, like uh, big time shows, high rated television, and a, and a household name. Thank thank God. You know, that's that's the biggest accomplishment by by creating a plan B, a second career. Now, since you've had all this big success in Mexico. Um, have you heard anything from from the WWE as far as a return might be concerned? No, you know I, I've I've kind of um, I'll be honest with you, it was kind of I've always I've always kept in good contact with those guys. You know, every time they come here, I'd go I'd go down to the 
the hotel here in Mexico City where they were staying, and and you know I'd, I'd come and eat eat catering with them and stuff, and I was always welcome, and I always kept a good relationship with uh, John Laronitis, you know, the director of talent, and and like I said, I I didn't I, I didn't get released for anything bad that I did or anything, you know, just wrong place, wrong. I mean, not 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 anything for me at the at the wrong time, and. You know, and, and maybe they wanted to light a fire under my butt, you know, and, and they did. And uh, that was kind of my plan after AAA. I figured that after AAA, I was going to basically take a little time to relax and get my win and then basically give WWE a call and, and, and say, hey, you know. Is Ray Mysterio always, you know, he's one of my good friends. He always kept in contact with me here and always lent me some advice about Mexico. And he'd always ask me, you know, you almost ready to come back to WWE? You're almost ready? And I'd, and I'd always be like, you know, and it seemed like the more time I spent down here, the more the more I can't get out of it. You know, because I built such a name here that I'm just I'm just starting to reap the benefits. You know, for example, here in the fall of 2011, uh, um, there's a cosmetic company, the number one cosmetic company is called Fuller Cosmetics. I'll have my own fragrance called Rebel Force. It'll be uh, on the face, the image of everything of this cologne in 2011 in the fall. So, I mean, that's just another thing. I've written a book here. I've written a book on, on, on a children's book in Spanish about bullying, bullying in schools. And, uh, you know, and uh, it's a big, strong subject in schools now, is here and in the United States, uh, over the, the subject of bullying. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I want to do. I'm, I'm, I've, I've got this Lucha Libre. I love Lucha Libre, and now I have a chance to perform and bring a product to the United States, Lucha Libre. And at the same time, when I come here, I have a, a you know a, a fan base and a, and a, a basically a wide wide array of, of things that I can do on t- in television and 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 other things. Very cool, Crelly. Are you actually back? I'm not sure what's up. Uh, it is raining here in England, so that might be why Skype keeps dying. But yes, I am still here. Well, do you have any um, any final questions? Um, not really, but I do have a few things we can plug. Uh, we can follow you on Twitter at at MarcoColone23. Marco can yep. also follow Luta Libre USA at Luta Libre USA on Twitter. And their fan page is mask, uh, is Facebook slash Masked Warriors. And I also, I want, I also wanted to, um, to, to all the fans about our, our upcoming shows on the 19th of February, we'll be back in our home in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for the next TV taping um, in the Hard Rock Casino. That's February 19th. Uh, doors open at 5 o'clock, and, and, and the show starts at 6 o'clock. And then on the 20th, we travel over to Salt Lake City, Utah. We'll be in the Maverick Center, and those doors are at 7 o'clock, and the show's at 8 o'clock. So two big shows in February. And I also wanted to plug our, uh, we just, uh, which is kind of amazing as well, we just came out with a line of uh, toys and masks, which you can pick up in all the all the WalMarts in the United States, as well as I believe Toys R Us this this week. And pretty soon, I believe we have deals with Sears and maybe maybe uh, Kmart as well. So you pretty much can find these uh, action figures and and mask products and ring products. You know, we've already got a, we're, we're we're a company that's basically nine months old. And we have already have a line of action figures, which are pretty nice, by the way. I don't know if you've seen them on, online yet. I have not, but I'm going to go check those out for sure. Please do, please do. They're 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 excellent. In fact, uh, um, I think I believe you go to. I don't know if you have on Facebook. If you go to Lucha Libre 
um, USA fan site, they actually posted some commercials, which will be showing, which will be showing in the United States pretty soon here. But you can go and check on the LuchaLibreUSA.com and uh, check those commercials out. Pretty fascinating commercials and a great, great line of toys. Now, I, I did want to say this for those that uh, maybe have not caught Lucha Libre USA. Uh, what can you kind of say to them to kind of pique their interest on the product? Well, like I said, if you're if you're uh, just a wrestling fan in general, give it, give us a try. You've never seen Lucha Libre? Give us a try because I promise you, the first time watchers are the ones that come back for a second time. You know what is great about our program and our our, our live shows and our program TV show is if. You know, you, you see it one time, you're hooked. We have a lot of return fans, and that's what's great about our building process because we're winning over one fan at a time. Every every time, you know, we have a lot of autograph sessions. We, we go and see a lot of people in, in, in schools, and, and we're just, like I said, we're grinding right now. And, and if you've never seen Lucha Libre, come check it out. Check it out live at our live events all over the, you know, we're touring all over the country, but especially in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, you know, and... and just check out the show. You know, we'll be back on MTV2 um, very, very soon. You know, stay stay tuned with us with our, our Lucha Libre USA Twitter site. And as well, we have the, uh, a Lucha Libre USA doctor website. So always, we're, those are up to date and give you all the information you need. And uh, just check us out. That's all I say. Check us out one time. Give us a try if you've never seen it. And if you and if you already know about Lucha Libre, I ain't got to tell you. That's you, know, right. you Check it out, you know. Well, Marco, I thank you for stopping by tonight. So, uh, I thank you for the interview, man. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys, for the um, chance to you know talk about this lucha libre and and uh, let the fans know. Kind of, like I said, I've been in Mexico for four years. And I, I kind of fell off the American map, you know. So, thanks for giving me a chance to tell the fans out there what's going on with me and uh, and and be able to plug our 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 new company, Lucha Libre USA. Check us out. Yeah, no problem, man. We uh, it was our pleasure to have you on, and you're welcome back anytime. Okay, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, uh, you guys know how to reach me if you ever need anything. Tweet me, yeah. Marco Corleone twenty three. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Marco Corleone, and you're listening to the SNS Wrestling Network. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Good thanks, man. Thank, thank you. You guys, you guys have a good night, and uh, and uh, talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. You take it easy. Cool. We'll talk to you soon. Later. All right, guys, that was uh, Mark Gendract, a.k.a. Marco Corleone, now working for Lucha Libre USA. Good interview, and again, I apologize for all the uh, the Skype drops tonight. I don't know what's going on with, I don't know if it's the weather, I don't know what's going on, but uh, it's kind of crazy. You know, I've actually got, a se- I actually have a second surprise for the show. Really? Yes. Um, now... Did you see yesterday on Headlocks I posted the news about our good friend Shelly Martinez retiring from wrestling? Yes. Well, I spoke to her yesterday and she said that she'll come on tonight and explain her reason behind it. And also do an, and kind of also do an, an acceptance speech for the award that we won at the Wrestling Radio Awards. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that was her that was trying to call earlier. <laughs> it was. Oh, well, way to tell me this stuff, man. Yeah, I know because last time, I I told um, that she's going to appear, she, it backfired on me. So this time, <laughs> I decided not to tell anyone, and I just have her call in. Unfortunately, she's not calling in right now, and I think we've missed our window of opportunity. But you know, if she calls in, then that's fine. If not, then I guess we'll maybe talk to her next week. 
You got, you got to yeah, let me know these things, man, because I'm not like seriously. I, I I had the I had a number pop up during the interview, and obviously I don't want to take a call while we're interviewing Marco Corleone. So, well, got to let me know these least, things, man. At least we do it this way round. I don't look I don't look like a jackass if it fails. Well, you kind of do because you didn't tell nobody. I told I told Trey. Trey knew. I haven't talked to Trey. That, I have not talked that, to Trey. The fact that Trey was mocking me on Twitter <laughs> to tell you that Fuck. I did it. <laughs> oh my god. I seriously have not talked to Trey. So that's well, in days I haven't talked to Trey. So <laughs> I tell you what, let's let's go ahead, let's get back to what I was talking about before. I want to talk a little bit of impact before I let you go and jump into the second hour. Um I was basically talking about Eric Bischoff kind of running down uh you know, Nash and Booker which made them look really Bush League. The fact that you were going to bring in the main event mafia, a uh, a group that was a heel faction in TNA for as long as they did. They had, what, about a year or two where they ran roughshod over everybody. They won every match. The front line or the TNA originals never got any kind of victories over them. So you're going to bring these guys back into your company to feud with Immortal. Why? So they can also take control of the company after they get rid of Immortal. I, to me, that was kind of stupid. However, and Trey and I have talked about this several times on Wrestling News Live, the only shining nugget to me on the TNA program on Thursday was the fact that you had Fortune, four of the original or four originals of TNA Wrestling, Kazarian, AJ Styles, and of course Beer Money, coming out and turning their backs on Immortal and proclaiming that they are they. That they were them. Yeah, I, I, I will admit, I did like the way it was booked. Like, because I've had spoilers yet, I didn't know what was going to happen. But the, way, but the way it actually panned out was actually pretty decent. But the one thing I did not like is the fact that they, as soon as they did it, they actually had them announce why they did it. If, if, if that was me, I would have had them do that next week, not at the end of the show. Because it kind of took away from the the, the whole turn. Well, I would have had the, the show end with like the guys can shock that they've been betrayed. It, you know what? It, it took away, and at the same time, I think that going with Beer Money, Kazarian, and AJ with Fortune, if you will, was a much better direction. I mean, it doesn't leave a lot of people in Immortal for them to feud with unless you have a, a surprise heel turn down the road by somebody else. Um, but I think in the long run, this was a much better idea, especially when you think of Dixie Carter's trying to get her company back. Well, who would you bring in? You would obviously want to go to the guys who busted their ass long before Bischoff and Hogan made their debut in the company. You know, And I'd like to know how much of that promo that AJ Styles uh, said after the main event on Impact, how much of that was scripted and how much of it was from his heart because... He made a lot of good points, you know, about how Bischoff and Hogan changed the flow of the company. You know, they were TNA before they came in, and they believed into the hype. And you know what? It seemed like he was really saying it from the heart. I know he probably had some sort of a script, but I think they really took a negative and turned it into a positive. You know, I wasn't thrilled with the overall show on Thursday, but I did think that having AJ and crew jump ship and do what they did 
is a step in the right direction. Now you finally have AJ Styles where he belongs as a babyface. I, I even think Beer Money is going to do fine as babyfaces. Kaz has always been better as a babyface than a heel. So you've got four guys that are going to excel well in that role. And, uh, you know, let's see. You know, I'm willing to give it a chance to see where it goes. But, uh, you know, again, I've missed so many episodes of Impact over the last couple of months because it just kills me. And I will give them credit where it's due. Uh, you know, I'm the first one to fucking criticize them. But I'm also the first one to pat them on the back and say, okay, you guys did something right. So kudos to TNA Creative for taking a negative, turning it into a positive, and putting four guys where they belong. So kudos to them. Well, the only thing I disliked about Impact was actually that whole Jeff Jarrett, Karen uh, Jarrett segments. It felt like that took away from the whole show. It like, did. They, what, it, you're right. They had, what, about five, five, five of them? You didn't need those five segments. Just have it in one. Well, you know, and, and here's the thing, right? They're doing this whole Karen and, and, you know, Jeff Jarrett love triangle thing with Kurt Angle where they're trying to, you know, shove it in his face that, you know, his ex is now married to Jarrett, which, you know, I can understand from a standpoint where that's going. But, you know, um, the thing that kills me about it is that Kurt Angle is talking about um, his contracts up in August. And he's keeping his options open. A year ago, Kurt Angle would say that he would never go back to the WWE. He loves what they do in TNA. He loves the direction. And to a point, he's still saying that. But the fact that you're rubbing his nose in the fact that Jeff Jarrett is banging his old lady. I mean, would it, I wouldn't be comfortable with it. And, and I think personally they're making too big of a deal. I mean, it's like they're trying to pull the old Vince McMahon, let's turn a real life angle into a storyline. And... I don't think Kurt Angle needs that, and I don't think Jeff and Karen need that. And don't be surprised if August comes and Kurt Angle leaves the company. And then what's TNA going to do? How are they going to rebound from that? They're losing one of the biggest stars in their company. Why? Well, because you kind of you kind of pushed him out the door. And I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I feel about it. Plus, um, I'm pretty sure WWE would would offer Kurt more money that in would work for them on a reduced schedule than he would make in TNA wrestling. Probably like, so. Like, you, you could have him work as, like, as an announcer, because I've, I've, I think he would be a great announcer. Hell, you could have, have him as a manager or a coach. Like, Kurt has so many different like, upsides to his, to his character, and if TNA keeps decided to push in this angle between him and his wife and Jeff Jarrett, I think Kurt will leave the company for too long. Let's uh, let's go to the phone lines, Crelly, real quick. Uh, welcome to the show. Who's this? This is the one, the only, Funtime Chalet. How are you doing? Good. I'm trying to be kind of quiet because you guys are on an errand with me at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, the, la- the last time I talked to somebody, and they were in the grocery store, true story, back in 2004 when I was with another radio show called WTR, um, I was setting up an interview with uh, the million dollar man Ted DiBiase and he gives me a cell phone number and says okay you know give me a call and we'll set the interview up so I called him and literally he answers the phone he's in the shopping center uh, doing his grocery shopping and he says "Ah, where's Virgil when I need him oh (laughs) I like that story that's a good story it's really cold in here though and cold does not agree with fun time Uh Shelly but I'll still maintain to have a fun time how about that 
I can uh, I can agree with that. <laughs> so what's going on, fellas? Oh, not much. We uh, we just wrapped an interview with uh, former Mark Jindrak, now known as Marco Corleone. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I don't know him too well, but, you know, I've met him a couple times. Seems like a very nice fella. Uh, he was a nice guy. So I mean, what, what, what is on the mind of Shelly Martinez these days? Well, you know, I broke up with wrestling, as you heard. It's true, you know, but it's time to move forward. I... In short, you know, kind of now that I look back, like, and when I say this, it's not like I knew this this whole time. It's just I had to force myself to reflect back. That's when I realized I kind of checked out part, you know, a long time ago. And I think that's why I really took it um, really personal when I tried to be very vocal about how I wanted to return and I really found this confidence as a performer that I really felt would add to, you know, not only my character, but to the company in general, because I just really realized after my departure with TNA, how loyal and how many fans I had out there. Like I, I just kind of bought into people putting things in my head. Like I just really didn't matter in wrestling with, you know, whatever. So I was just really overwhelmed by the support I gained when I started tweeting last year about, you know, wanting to be on Dancing with the Stars and finding that inspiration, Shannon Moore's, you know, debut and just really finding myself as a performer. And it was just one of those things where I tried so hard just to be open about it, and it was just kind of, unless, you know, hey, anyone out there listening, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, it just seemed like it was looked at more as a desperation move, you know, oh, she just wants her job back, and it was like, no, I want to come back and perform, it's not just I want my job back, it was on a different level, it's almost like, you know, of a BS in wrestling, it is what it is. So that's why it was really cool for me to be able to exclude the a lot of the things that were put into my head or the negative things I experienced out of it this time. That's why I really went back to the basics and going back into training because I was like, you know, if I'm really going to do this, then, oh. And then, you know, I really want to do it just like in the beginning, because my head was in the game totally different way. So the reaction I thought would be, cool, she's getting really serious now, but it was more like, eh, whatever. Yeah, what it, Yeah, how did it go down again? It was just really lame. And again, if I'm wrong, I would love for somebody to correct me because I wouldn't want to have any kind of negative assumptions about anybody. But, you know, just saying, throwing it out there. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, it's just, so that's why I took it so personal, and i just really been in this, like, shaky, what do I do about this, how do I feel about all this kind of mode. And one of the things that definitely triggered me ultimately just saying, okay, we, I just got to just be done with this, was going to the wrestling reunion and just being around different energies and different people with agendas and they were always there. I just never really saw it because I didn't want to, but you know, it just, it was really interesting. It was like 
you know those, I don't know if you guys ever have dreams, but you go back to school or something, and you're like, wait, I already graduated. It was like that kind of feeling. It was weird. It was very strange, but I definitely knew because it was so strange, I needed to pay attention to everything. And it was just like, I talked about it a little bit on Funtime Radio about how, you know, when I got to the wrestling reunion, I was already kind of having a bad day, you know, a friend of mine had passed away earlier in the week and just hearing the details about what went down and everything, it just bummed me out and I heard about it right before going to the reunion. So I had a whole panic attack and then I knew I needed to gain control back and just not let it get to me too much because the reason why it bothered me so much and my friend's death really triggered me was because I was already having all these feelings you know, by figuring out things. This is not really that kind of atmosphere I want to be involved in ultimately as far as the the behind-the-scenes things go and the vibes that are there. And I just thought, you know, even people who I I said spend divider, I enjoy spending time with. I love them to pieces. I would even, you know, have many conversations where it always seemed that they were worried about if they were going to be on television or not or, you know, if, they're going to get, when are they going to get a title or when are they going to get a push? And it's just like, you know, when you have the, all these different awful deaths in wrestling, it just really re- reminds me personally of how, like, life is real and wrestling is just a job. And my friend not being here anymore, that's real. And titles are not. Egos, check them out at the door. And it's just, you know, I can't change the business. I can't change how it is. The only thing I can control and the only thing I can change and continue to grow in is myself and the example I set and what I can really bring to wrestling. Because you know what? If they didn't want to capitalize on it, that's fine because I'm going to go ahead and capitalize it on ShellyMartinez.org because I'm going to take it upon myself to do wrestling in a way that... I signed up for, and it's going to be a new web series. I just got the script today on it, and it's going to be really fun, and I think it's going to be something that people wouldn't expect from me and that they'll find just really entertaining. So there's all that, and it's just, you know, making that decision on Saturday morning before going into the wrestling reunion, I knew I had to do it because, you know, I knew I had this huge opportunity that was going to be coming up on Tuesday, and that Tuesday, and... I was just telling my sister, you know, I don't know why I'm waiting to just, like, announce I'm breaking up with wrestling because I kind of have figured out, as I've said on my video and if all the people out there that have heard my interview with Diva Dirt, I was once in a really awful relationship, and it was very mentally and physically abusive. And after I was finally able to walk away from it, trying to make it work for so long, I told myself I'll never let somebody ever make me feel that way, and no one did until Batista. And then after that, when those last couple of weeks, I've been really just asking myself, "How do I feel? What do I feel about this?" And you know, another trigger I had was the Kurt Angle and, and the Jarrett Angle on TNA. I just was really put off by it, and it just really triggered a dream I had, and. That's why I keep going back to, like, dreams and vibes because that's what's real. Like, that's life. And wrestling sometimes can mess with you in the sense to where you can become delusional. And you think you get your priorities out of whack. And it's just, I can't be a part of it. And 
just all these trippy elements coming together, I knew it wasn't just a coincidence. And I talk about this dream on a shoot promo Shelly, which is also on ShellyMartinez.org for all you fine listeners out there. And, you know, it's just like all these different elements. Like people keep asking me. That's why I knew I had to do interviews, especially when Crowley, I knew Crowley would ask me. Um, I knew I had to really explain myself because you can't really put on Twitter or in a blog all these things I'm saying because it wasn't just one thing that happened. It was like one thing and then another and then another, and they just kind of all pieced together to this equals not Shelly. <laughs> this is not where she needs to be. And, you know, I was I did blog earlier today about how I did watch Impact Today, and, you know, it was just one of those things where ever since I made my decision, I keep getting just different um, confirmations that I did the right thing. And, again, I watched it. That storyline, it just really bothers me. And, you know, that's just my opinion. And I just was like, I told my sister, I said, wow, I'm really glad that I'm not there. This is why God didn't want me to go back. And he, that wasn't his plan. I kept praying for his plan, not my plan, and then doing things my way. So when I saw it, it made sense for me to be back there. You know, I, I don't know everything. I'm just a human. So it really just shows me a lot of my audience has been so open these days. Like this last, like, couple days, week, you know, almost a week now. Tomorrow will be a week. Just every single day I learn more and more, and I just am tripping out. On Tuesday I had this huge opportunity, and during that opportunity, it, I, again, found more wisdom and just understood myself more. And now I'm going to take something with me for the rest of my life that I can continue to practice and grow on. And it's just all this. And then, you know, I just found out tonight that I'm, Danielle and I are going to go ahead and be a part of a fun broadcast called KCAL. And I used to always listen to them when I was, you know, younger and I was having the big dream of being a wrestler and I had to have a job at General Electric and I had my little cubicle. I'd listen to the morning stiffy is what they call it. Cause they had like kind of like, you know, 80s metal mixed with classic rock on the channel. So, you know, it's just, it's a trip that like these opportunities are coming to me. And, you know, the opportunities are coming, and it was so fast after I finally just broke up with wrestling. Just like in life, when you break up with people that are no good for you and they're just very unhealthy, all of a sudden you realize, oh, oh my gosh, I'm meeting new people, I'm getting new opportunities, I feel better, I look better. And, like, that's why I chose the words breaking up with wrestling, because wrestling really made me feel like you know, that fellow that I dated back in the day. And it just, the different similarities, it just was tripping me out. And I know people are like, well, what does breaking up mean? That's why I, I chose those words, because it means more than retire. Because there's so many people that say they retire, and then they come back. And I'm not hating on them. I'm just saying the word retire and wrestling doesn't mean much. <laughs> yeah. It kind of lost its meaning. So I wanted to make it meaningful, and that's why I chose the words breaking up with, and I hope you guys are still there. Yeah, we're, we're still here. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I was gonna I was gonna try and figure out how many words you said in that little span there, but I lost count. No, um, we're still here, and I can completely understand, uh, you know, why you chose the terminology "break up" rather than "retire," because you're right. In professional wrestling, does anybody really, really ever retire? Not really. I can't really think of anyone. You know, <laughs> I mean, Not at the top of my head, at least. I mean, you know, Michaels has done a pretty good job staying out you know, for almost a year. 
But even still, even though he's retired, quote-unquote, from wrestling, looks like he's probably going to end up in some role at WrestleMania. Maybe not wrestling, but, you know. So is it... You know what's interesting? Can I share something with you guys? Sure. Okay, so if anyone's listening, and to you guys, if you know me, you know I always talk about Vinny's RV. And, you know, my boyfriend has this RV. It's a production RV. And we've been using it for sprinkles. And, um... You know, I had this dream that I was in the RV and there was this, like, black hole on on the floor. It was, like, a little, like, square. And I knew that if I fell in there, I could never get out. And all of a sudden, the RV jerked, and I almost fell in, but then it scared me, so I ran and put my seatbelt on and went into the passenger seat. And then I looked back, and I was afraid that my dogs were going to fall in. But then when I looked back, they were okay. So I always refer to wrestling as a dark pit, and it was really interesting. And, like, I don't know, right now when you just said that, something got triggered in me. You know, unless you're a professional wrestler that's been, you know, involved heavily to where either you have a pretty decent name for yourself in the indies, like, you know, an ROH or something like that, or you've been in TNA or WWE, you know that there is a big price, especially being WWE. And... The one thing that I felt, again, going back to breaking up was important was I think where people kind of, like, they always end up coming back, in my opinion, is they always dabble. And it's like, it's either you're done or you're not because that black hole that you try to get away from and that's why you want to retire, it's just going to sneak up on you. It looks nice and attractive. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you fall in. And that's just what I keep seeing. I keep seeing that same type of patterns again just my opinion no disrespect to anybody but it's just really interesting and i just wanted i don't know i felt like i needed to share that because when you said that that just really made sense to me like uh oh and then i had to share (laughs) oh no worries um i do want to congratulate you though um obviously you've you've heard the news you uh were nominated the best female interview of the year on the wrestling radio awards right here on this very show so Congratulations on that. You're now a, I believe, two-time WRA winner for Female Interview of the Year, previously on Wrestling News Live. So keeping it in a family, I see. Well, here's the thing, okay? So I'm the two-time winner, you see. And then look what ended up happening. Like, that contest is going on, or that voting, or whatever you want to call it, it was going on before all this was going on. That's why I feel that's just another confirmation that I made the right decision. Because, to me, that really means a lot. Because they're the people who I did allow to get in my head a little bit and stuff like that. The one thing that they always kept making me doubt about myself was that people cared about me. They cared about what I brought to wrestling. And it just really made me seem like I was disposable. And so for the fact that I now won, not once, not but twice, and you know what? I don't like odd numbers, so even numbers is the way to go for me. That's my style. It just means a lot to me because it's not I told you so because for whatever reason they would say those things. I now understand that it wasn't really personal. It's just there was something about me that triggered something in people, and then they acted in a negative way, which is unfortunate. So now I understand that that was their issues, not mine. And so it's not I told you so. It's a I don't mind backing up who I am. Did we lose Shelly? We did. 
my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I'm starting to think this might be the show from hell. The Skypean death drop return day. Skypean death drop. And I don't know why, but it does happen. She'll, she'll call us back. But, uh, yes, guys, Shelly Martinez, unfortunately, breaking up with professional wrestling. But you know what? I'm glad that she picked this show to come on and kind of tell the listeners and her fans out there what's going on. So it's good to know that we still have that kind of pull around here. Well, yeah, Shelly is still a columnist on the website, so... She's welcome back any time she wants to come back. She may be still talking. I don't know. <laughs> she might not realize that she's gone. I, I don't know. Maybe she'll call us back here in a minute. We'll we'll wrap things up. I've got to take this commercial break here in a few minutes. Because we are running way long tonight. we still got to bring on the sensational Sean. Because he's got some things he wants to talk about. So, I think Sean might want to sleep. He might have. <laughs> he might have. Right. Now, also when she had to come back on, and I will kind of... Did you see that WWE have pulled, um, or sorry, THQ have cancelled their online game that was going to be released in Asia? Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, it's, that's too bad. Um, but, you know, it happens. Yeah, as long as, long as we get um, SVR every year, I'm happy. <laughs> well, you know, they are. Uh, obviously, we're going to get another SVR this year. So I, I can't see them not putting out another game, uh, you know. They've been talking about working on the next SVR for a while, so I'm pretty sure that come this fall we'll we'll be sure and get that. I think I think Rodriguez has the quote, quote of the night. Forget Sean, bring back bring Shay back on. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sean. Poor Sean. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and hit this this break. And uh, if Shelley calls, um, I'm, I may call her and and you know just let her know what's going on, but. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, we, we lost Shelly, but it was glad to hear from her. And uh, back to the phone lines. Uh, Shelly, we have you back. I'm not sure what happened. You just dropped. You know what? I was sitting here telling Vinny, uh-oh, maybe they, did they hang up on me? Maybe I was getting too weird. <laughs> <laughs> but then I said, you know what? I think I'm overthinking it, and it's probably just technical difficulties. I have it all the time on fun time radio, duh. <laughs> yeah, we're we're having uh we're having some phone issues tonight. So we we've we actually dropped uh Marco a couple times tonight. I don't know what's going on. Well, I'm back. <laughs> Whether you guys like it or not. There you go. Well, it's good to hear from you. I'm glad to uh to actually get the story on on why you broke up with professional wrestling. Yes. I heard about it and I was like, what? And for people out there listening, don't feel bad because a lot of people have been mentioning and it's very kind of them. I very I appreciate it very much, but I am totally fine. There is no worries. I left it. It didn't leave me. So it's all good. <laughs> Just some people seem a little worried and it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So it, before we uh, before we wrap and go to commercial break, is there anything you want to plug real quick? I do. Everybody, oh my gosh, Sprinkles is going to have its first episode on ShellyMartinez.org very soon, and it has RVD, ODB, and McFoley in it, so you want to catch it, absolutely catch it, because this is something that's going to be huge and amazing, and I can't wait to share more of the Sprinkles adventures with everybody. You know, I, I saw the Sprinkles preview the other day, and I thought, man, I cannot wait to see this, because... It looks awesome. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I love it. I, I can't wait to see. Yeah, it, it is. is it I know it's a, it's it's one of those things where 
like it's coming out way better than I ever imagined. So it's just like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I love the campy feel to it. I mean, in, in a lot of respects, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the old Adam West Batman series. And you know what? I take total, total, um, I don't know what you call it, whatever. I just think it's one of the biggest compliments because let me tell you something. Adam West Batman equals hero. Yep. No doubt. <laughs> so whenever people were telling because I did get that feedback from other people as well, and they were just, I just was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. People, like, are actually saying this radical. So, yeah, be on the lookout. Sprinkles is going to take over. I think it will. <laughs> well, Curly, you got any final words, my friend? Uh, uh, not really, Jay. I thank you once again for coming on Unplugged, and I will, as usual, I... As usual, in radio show this coming Thursday on Blog Talk Radio. Of course, I have it no other way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shelly, thanks for calling in tonight, and I will I will talk to you soon. Keep us updated on what's going on. All right, thank you guys. Bye. Bye bye. It's smell you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, Shelly Martinez. Of course, you can keep up with her at Fun Time Shelly every Friday. What time does that air, Curly? Uh, six Eastern, eleven Greenwich Mean Time. There you go. And, of course, don't forget ShellyMartinez.org. So on that, we're going to take our uh, only commercial break of the night, come back with the sensational Sean. Don't forget next week we got Shelton Benjamin on Unplugged. The gold standard, man. And also I've confirmed an interview next month with the former Big Dick Johnson, uh, Christopher DeJohnson, Christopher who I believe was on the SmackDown creative team. Yeah, I think I think Trey's going to sit in on that one, so he can uh, he can stroke Big Dick's big ego. <laughs> so yes, that's confirmed, and I do believe it'll be his first post WWE interview. Uh, you know so, what? I'm actually looking forward to that because uh, I want to find out how the WWE creative team works. So it'll be quite fun, and if Trey wants to join us for that, feel free because I know you two like to go on your on your creative mind, so. If Taylor's joining us, he can feel free. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're going to take our commercial break. We'll come right back with more Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. It's time 
It's time to stop the name calling, the hurt, the bullying. Because of race, creed, color, sexual orientation. It's time to treat everyone like you want to be treated. It's time. It's time. It's time to eliminate. Eliminate. Eliminate the hate. Eliminate the hate. Eliminate the hate. Oh, yeah! You young punks today got nothing on the macho man Randy Savage and my generation, yeah, and all the legends, yeah, because I'm telling you, that's complete mental insanity, yeah. Let the WWE All-Star Video Game begin, yeah. The best of the best, and to hell with the rest, yeah. Pick the macho man Randy Savage if you will, yeah. And I guarantee you will be victorious forever and a day, yeah, you will. Because I am the world's greatest wrestling superstar legend of all time, of all time, of all time, oh yeah. Catch me if you can, WWE All-Star Video Game, because you ain't seen nothing yet. Because I am the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey. Space is the place, and sky's the limit, yeah, that's the deal. Greatest matchups of all time haven't happened yet, no they haven't, until now. And it's up to the WWE Universe to take control of a volatile situation. And you guys decide who's the baddest generation of all time, yeah. Two generations, one ring, yeah. Hit up the WWEAllStars.com right now. You take control. Everybody say, oh, yeah. Stand there and shut up, because I've got a lot to say. I am Bobby the Brain Heenan. Get it straight. We're here making television history right now. Now, for the first time ever released on DVD, the unprecedented collection of one of the greatest managers of all time in Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know, I'm the kind of a man that doesn't like to be made a fool of. You listen to me, you go to the top. From his dynamic relationship with Gorilla Monsoon. Will you stop? Just wait a minute. We're on the air here. What was this, a joke? Yes, I know exactly what's going on here. I had my dinner. Why don't you be serious? To Bobby's controversial time with WCW. Someone please tell us what is going on, please. Relive the most outlandish. I'm on my television trying to catch you. There's a whole lot. Witty. Well, Beverly Hills, I happen to know that my mailman right there is hunchback. I'm just carrying my mail. And unforgettable moments that has shaped the brain's illustrious career. Bobby the Brain Heenan, available now. You want to talk? Time. No. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexay of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. 
you should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlockstoheadlines.com. Right here, unplugged the SNS Radio Network, the award-winning SNS Radio Network, and of course that was epic rap battles in history. We're going to be playing one of those each and every week over the course of the next few weeks. I uh, I ran across these the other day and just priceless gems. You know, Kim Jong Il versus Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man, and next week we're going to do uh, Darth Vader versus Adolf Hitler. Very funny. Uh, if you're looking for those, you can actually find those on YouTube. It's Epic Rap Battles in History. 
I definitely recommend them. Check them out. That's some funny shit right there. Um, so, again, we're back right here on the show. No more interviews. I think Crelly's still on the line. Crelly, are you with us? Yep. Yep. Did you hear your new commercial? I did. It's awesome. And you know what? Ever since we've gone to the new name, our hits have been increasing. So things are looking up for the website and the network. Yeah, and if you've been living under a rock, we changed from headlocks to headlines to headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. Yes, with me becoming a new owner, new name, new image. So let's see what we can do within 2011 and try and get the website and the network up to the next level within the graces of the IWC. There you go. It's a new year. It's a new start for uh, for that website. So let's see what happens with it. And you're definitely going to get all the promotion you need right here on the old SNS radio network. Uh, so I'm waiting for Sean. I, I don't have him right now. So, Sean, uh, this is your cue to go ahead and call in. And uh, I know you've got some things that you want to talk about. I might take a few calls tonight, but uh, since I am running so long, I don't want to take too much more time here on the program tonight. But uh, you've just been filling me full of surprises tonight. You know, First we have Marco Corleone talking about Lucha Libre USA, how he got to start in WCW, and great interview there. And then we follow it up with Shelly Martinez. I know. I I don't usually put one into Yellow Two in one show, so it's, it's just a special night. You know, the only thing it's, missing was Shane Helms. What's up with that? Well, you, you say that. He is part of Lucha Libre USA, and I have been given free roam over the roster. Yeah, I don't know if we should book Shane Helms. I mean, the the fact that he's a Shawn Michaels hater, I don't think I'd get along too well with him. I think that, I think that interview would last about two seconds. Hey, what's up? Fuck you! Beep. Probably. <laughs> Which, you know, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. You know, I, I would be interested to hear what he, have to, what he had to say uh, as far as Lucha Libre is concerned. And I'd love to talk with him about his original gimmick in WCW when he was part of Three Count. And how I really no, I, liked the gimmick when he became Sugar Shane Helms, but you know, and how how was the hurricane? But other than that, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what, don't know what I'd really want to talk to him about. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens in time. But uh, I think joining us on the line right now, Curly, and maybe I'm wrong. Okay. You're wrong. He got dropped. <laughs> really? Yes. Holy shit! Looks like I'm trying to call him back now. What the fuck is happening with my Skype tonight? So, would you call Sean's sequel the? Yeah, so, uh, would you call Sean's call the sequel to to, to Michael? Um, possibly. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what the Skype because surely if he dropped, I should drop. You would think, right? You would think, but apparently I'm taking over the show once again. I'm pretty sure we had this one before on Wrestling News Live, where I just wouldn't go away. As many fuck-ups as we've had on the show tonight, I'm almost starting to think Matt Hardy's got his penis in Skype again. <laughs> well, that joke's not been used in ages. Possibly, well, you do know that it is his fault that t- that t- have got high ratings. Maybe it's his fault that 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 the SNS Network won awards at the, at the Wrestling Video Awards, and it's his fault. Um, I can assure you that the SNS ra- uh, the <laughs> SNS Network won radio awards purely on our talent. And passion for the business, not on the disruptive effects of Matt Hardy's penis. But with that being said, let's go to the phone lines. 
And I think joining us on the line right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's sexual, baby. <laughs> and I want to give it all to you. Yeah, right on. Ladies and gentlemen, sexual white chocolate. The sensational Sean is in the house. And he's not talking. Sorry, I was asleep. Uh, you know, it's four o'clock here in the states. You know, Shelly was going really, really long, so kind of took a nap. Just like Crelly, uh, you know, the start of the show. No fucking foreign kid. Not on Skype. Nowhere. Actually, actually, uh, too bad. I was on Skype. I was just picking up line. What? I was sleeping. <sighs> You're killing me, kid. You're killing me. Oh, my. All right. So so we know we have Sean on the line. Yep. We know we have Crelly on the line. Yep. It's kind of, and I, I'm obviously here. So let, let's see what kind of random crazy crap can happen on the show tonight. Well, we're going to have some really random stuff because I actually do have some a little contest we can do right here tonight on the air, and it's gonna be a, well, it's gonna be pretty funny. We're doing a um, contest on the air. Yeah, I didn't tell you. Sorry. What the fuck is with you co-hosts here? <laughs> what the fuck, man? I, I we go from Crelly said, "Oh, I got another surprise for you." To now, you're telling me we're gonna do this this contest thing. I have lost control of my own show. Fuck it. It's gonna be unplugged next week with Crelly and Sean. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Me and Sean interviewing Sam Benjamin. Hey, that could be fun. Hey, I can do that. That'd be awesome. Actually, no. I That's will. Inter- I, you know what? I will interview Shelton Benjamin, and then I will kick the second hour of the show over to you, motherfuckers. How's that? Sounds good. Well, with that said, let's go to the phone lines. That we have a call coming in. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? I just want to thank Sean again for changing my life last week and letting me know that Dead Space Two is the sequel to Dead Space One. I fucking hate you, Charles. Finally, some sanity. Finally, some sanity has entered my show. My co-host on the Causecast every Tuesday night, right here on the SNS Radio Network, Charles Shane. Thank you, Charles. You saved me from what? From this show. It's falling apart. Oh, <laughs> all right. It didn't seem that bad when I was listening. Oh, it's going crazy, man. It's going crazy. <laughs> I mean, Crowley just springs things on you every two seconds, but other than that. Oh, not only Crelly, but Sean's like, oh, we're going to do a contest tonight. What? <laughs> Good God. What contest? You'll find out in a few, because we're going we're gonna to bombard JJ with calls. I hope so. Uh, no, we're not. We're actually going to wrap the show here in a few minutes. So you got something to say? Get it off your chest. Okay. Gears War 3 is the sequel to Gears War 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking to him. Oh. <sighs> That has changed my life in, in, in a new and I quit. profounding Forget way. This. <laughs> Forget this. I quit. Never knew it would be so easy, Sean. Come on. Buck up, um, little camper. God, help me now. Charles, you keep quiet. This is my part. Um, yes, sir. Lieutenant, sir. Uh, with uh, the fact that headlocks and headlines have... Headlocks to Headlines has joined forces with SNS. We've been together for a while. I kind of went to Corellia uh, a few weeks ago and um, talked to him for a few minutes, and we talked about me possibly doing a column on Headlocks to Headlines. And he agreed, I've got to get with Ty very soon to, um, to do this column. 
That's number one announcement. Number two wait, wait, ties wait, wait, in. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go any further, can you promise me something? What? When you do this column for, uh, for Headlocks to Headlines, can you make sure the first sentence of every column says, did you guys know that Dead Space 2 was a sequel to Dead Space? <laughs> Actually, I'll do you one better. Every week, I'll change the first, first, first one saying... Not only Death Space is a sequel, Death Space Two is a sequel to Death Space One. I'll say Battlefield Three is a sequel to Battlefield Two, which was about a sequel to Battlefield One. I'll go on that. We'll we'll see if I can confuse people. Awesome. Yeah. See now now the joke drops. Ha. Um, actually, no, it doesn't drop because that wouldn't be accurate if you actually think about it. Because Battlefield Bad Company Three is a sequel to Battlefield Bad Company Two. Battlefield Bad Company Two is a sequel to Battlefield Bad Company. But then you have to go into all the other battlefields. You got 1942. You got Vietnam. Oh, okay, sorry. Oh, he got you there. And apparently everything fucking crashes on my end. I love this shit. Skype. What the hell? I mean, I'm still streaming on the internet, obviously. We still have a show in progress. And wouldn't you know it, everybody and their mother is calling in right now. So it is what it is. Sean, are you back? Now? Are Wait you back? On. You're on. You're here. Okay. Just want to make sure because this is getting a little crazy. It is. That's why we're going to wrap the show here soon. Okay. Um, the contest basically is is um, I need people to, to send me emails uh, with a number. Uh, we're going to have a, uh, a new thing with my column is going to be pay-per-view quick picks like JJ and them doing the show here. Um, what it's going to be is it's going to be SNS staff against SNS crew against SNS listeners. Um, the staff will be the moderators and Corelli and me, myself from the chat room, uh, which will consist of myself, Corelli, Concept, Flair 16 Time, and our newest moderator, TM Bronx. Woo! Uh, that's right. The, uh, the SNS crew will consist of JJ Sex Day. Harmony, boom, boom, sex, eh? Dave, one step closer to dashing, whatever, Standish, whatever his name is, uh, Mark Shark Carlo, and Uncle Trey himself. But unfortunately, I only have two listeners lined up so far to be part of this, uh, this quick pick. So I need three more listeners. The people who I have so far are Tyrant and Trent Phoenix. So I need three listeners who want to be part of this. And uh, I need people as soon as possible, if great. Um, what's going to happen is we're going. I'm going to take pics from an email address that I will have set up, and will be on my uh, be on my uh, my blog. And you email your pics to me. And what will happen is at the end of the pay per view, uh, as JJ and them do a post show, I'll come on and announce who got the most correct. And it's it's a team lineup. Um, the, the team that has the most wins for that pay-per-view. But the person who has the most picks correct will be named Mr. or Mrs. for Harmony Boom Boom Sexy pay-per-view for that pay-per-view event. Uh, we will be starting with... Uh, Here she comes, Mrs. Pay-per-view. Oh, my. We will be starting with the... Um, with the I think TNA is first, is it not? Unfortunately, yes. TNA is the 13th of February, 
And Wrestling News Live is on the 14th of February, and I think Trey might actually be hosting by himself that week. <laughs> um, so we'll be starting with TNA, which is next week. Excuse me. So um, I will get this. I will get this email address out to JJ uh, tomorrow, hopefully, and we'll uh, we'll get everything started. Um, Rodriguez said he wants to be involved. L Train, I'm guessing you want to be involved, so I'll write your name down. And I only need one more listener, and you know what? I'm going to pick it. Um, Jericho130. If he wants to be involved, he can be involved. So, I mean, pretty much there's five pe- five people on each team, and should be great. So I'm looking very forward to uh, to this little event. And we'll be keeping up with it until the end of the year, until whatever pay-per-view ends the year. And we'll uh, we'll tally it up, and we'll do something special. Will you buy his pizza? You know what? It's possible I could come up there and bring you a pizza. Awesome. I still want cake. Where's my cake? I don't, I don't care what you want. Then, then, you know what? You're fired again. I, it wouldn't be the first time. Exactly. That's, that's, that was it again. How about instead <laughs> of actually getting you a steel chair cake, how about I just hit you with a steel chair? Uh, if you want to fly here to do it, feel free. Hey, I would love to fly to England. I would love it. Love it, love it, love it. That'd be fun. So you're fighting, you're fighting England just to, hit, just to hit me with a chair and go straight home? Well, why not? Wait. The I prize, think. if you win at the end of the year, is a free membership to all audio shows here on SNS.com. Oh, oh come on, wait. man. We can't give away free memberships to the audio shows. <laughs> we won't make any money. Ah, <laughs> uh, um... Oh, I screwed up. Wait a sec. We we don't make any money now, so I guess yeah. that's not going to fly. Oh, damn. We'll figure something out. Oh, well. All right, so let's get down to the brass tacks. We've got to get out of here because uh, uh, I don't know what's going on upstairs, but uh, see, like, my father-in-law is in town tonight, and uh, it's not a good thing when I can literally hear people yelling at each other upstairs. So we probably should should kind of get down to business so I can wrap the show. Just just say it. Um, couple quick news tidbits, right quick. Then, uh, Halo Combat Evolved is getting a remake. Halo Halo Combat Evolved is the first Halo in the entire Halo series. Um, it came out came out on the original Xbox, and it'll be getting a remake for the Xbox 360. Uh, and apparently, it's not going to be running at just a high resolution. It's going to be all new art. Um, all new engine that's going to be running this. So we're gonna. It's going to be coming out this holiday season, uh, supposedly November fifteenth, twenty eleven. Ten years after the first, after Halo re- really relaunched. So this is going to be a pretty big launch for the new Halo series. Sweet. Um, something Corelli probably is loving. Uh, I think you're involved in the Killzone 3 multiplayer beta. Yep. Uh, the meta the meta review for all of Killzone 3 reviews has come out, um, and the reviews seem pretty pretty uh, seem pretty pretty. Um, they seem pretty much in the same spot. I mean, there's a lot of eights. There's uh, there's a ten up here. There's a nine point four. There's a seventy. So I mean, they're all in the middle, and I mean the game. A lot of everybody's saying the game is great. So, it, yeah, it, it really is. They've uh, they've expanded 
on what on what was number two. Um, like when I played a Eurogamer, their main focus was actually on the whole three D aspect of the game, and that ruined it. Like I I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of three D gaming, but I've been playing the open beta now for like two days, and the the game types are awesome. Like there's a game type where you'll be playing team deathmatch and then it'll skip to search and destroy and skip to um, capture capture the arena or capture the area. So it it could possibly be the best shooting game of the year when it's released because they've they've involved it and made it much more playable compared to last year or last game that was just so frustrating to play. So I expect bright things from that game. Curly, you can't say it's the best shooting game of the year since we're just starting in the new year. Yeah, I said possibly best game of the year, okay. shooting game of the year. Just want to possibly throw that out there? Possibly. possibly. Um. Also coming out is uh, the big, big, the big news release that there will be a Battlefield Three, um, and it was announced by Game Informer by their newest cover, which should be coming out, oh, uh, this month. So if you get your when you get your Game Informers in on the cover, should be the newest Battlefield Three, which is actually a pretty sweet cover as uh, the backside has a tank going across it. There's two guys running on the front cover of it, and the first guy is glowing in orange. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty sweet cover. A teaser trailer has been dropped as of today. So it's going to be a um, it's going to be great to see what we got. Cool, cool. That's pretty much it. Um, other than the fact that that uh, there's there's some analysts saying that the NGP, which is the supposed PlayStation Two or PSP Two, will be in the range of two ninety nine to three forty nine for a Wi Fi only model. Um, there is talks of a three G model coming out uh, later on, but we don't really know much on the fact that they they just announced the NGP. So this could be a three G model and it be coming out for two ninety nine. This could be the Wi Fi version only. And it comes out for two ninety nine, but it should be more info dropping, hopefully this year at E three. Wow, that sounds interesting. It still, uh, you know what? I'm just not real high on paying three hundred dollars for something that's portable. I'm after looking at it. If this does do what they're saying, if this rivals the PlayStation three on graphics, I will. Well, buy it. I mean, the fact that you've got a PS3 that's mobile in your hands, and they're and the call was dropped one more time. On that note, I'm just gonna wrap the show. You know what? I've had so many Skypey and death drops tonight. I'm just I'm not feeling this anymore, guys. Uh, sorry for all the technical difficulties. I have absolutely no idea. What in the hell is going on with Skype tonight? Weather. Blame the weather. Because it is pissing down here in England. It's probably snowing in America, so blame that. Well, there there is some issues. Let's just put it that way. Mm. So, on that note, on behalf of the Sensational Sean, we'll obviously cover more gaming next week. Uh, so long as, you know, we don't have super, super long interviews next week, which I'm not, I don't think we will, but... Uh, we'll cover more of this next week. Again, sorry for the uh, for the problems tonight, guys. Thanks for stopping by and listening. But uh, I think it's time I bid you adieu. I need to go maybe referee some shit upstairs. So on that note, on behalf of Crelly, the fucking foreign kid, headlocks to headlines.com, 
the sensational Sean, Charles Shane of the Causecast, and all you listening to the show tonight. Thank you so much, and we will see you again next week right here. Same bat time, same bat channel, same batty award-winning network, the SNS Radio Network. I am JJ Sexay, and stay <laughs> tuned for Wrestling News Live this Monday night with myself and the Trey Dog. And uh, I will see you then. Guys, I'm out of here. I'm JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged. Peace. Were you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? <laughs> can't think of a better song to go out with. It's been insane in the membrane tonight. Good night, everybody. Brought to you by DJ JJ.
I've always been funky like a monkey, the best of all time. Good evening, good night, and I'll see you next week. Oh, yeah, dig it. Uh, it's a rip. Uh.